Michael Davis. Richard Dumas. How you doing, man? We're connected. We are. So we're off to a better start than we, we were last week. That's right. Thank you to Anchor, my, my Anchor friends, for getting us straightened out. Absolutely. Well, uh, welcome to the Rama Jamma Yellowhama podcast. <laughs> it's, we're working on the new cover art because we are going <laughs> to change it to that, by the way, everybody. There you go. I'm Richard Dumas. Uh, we're here with Michael Davis. Um, we'll get we'll get into uh, to Alabama uh, shortly, but today was uh, with National Signing Day. Um, what were your uh, What were your takes? Uh, we have three teams, Alabama being one of them, that are kind of competing for that number one spot. And I guess we won't know until February who actually got it. But uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's our true. Georgia, our Georgia Bulldogs, the Tide, and then uh, A and Texas A and M, who I think is probably going to end up number one. Go ahead. Yeah. It sounds like it. So, um, yeah, I didn't get to look at it too much today. I was trying to keep tabs like you were throughout the day uh, during slow times, um, but <laughs> which didn't come across too much today, but we won't get into that. I had a few, so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. well, you know, lucky you. Um, but, yeah, it sounds like we had a pretty good day. From what I heard, we only really lost one that was really on the fence that we were hoping was going to come our way that um, took, the, took the turn to, to Florida, it seemed like. Kamari Wilson? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I've never seen him play or anything. He was highly rated safety. Uh, probably would have been a good guy for us to get. But, yeah, uh, we lost one really late, though. Uh, Dion Bowie from Kirby's hometown of Bainbridge. Oh, I did not to, know that. He's going to Texas A&M. He, he was committed or he committed for about a year to Georgia, and then he flipped to A&M uh, back in the early fall, maybe, and Georgia was trying to bring him back into the fold at the last minute, but he apparently is signing with A&M, so uh, that was a pretty big loss considering Kirby's parents still live there and everything, <laughs> but but uh, he's a good, he's a big, pretty good prospect from our state, but mm-hmm. um, but yeah, I mean, other than that, I think we got who we were supposed to get and didn't get who we weren't supposed to get. Exactly, and like you said, I mean, this is early signing day. I mean, we're really not going to know the, the full you know, tail of the tape until February. So, I mean, uh, obviously it's nice to be number one. I mean, we've been there multiple times now. And, I mean, at the end of the day, it doesn't really mean anything as far as being number one or number not two or number three. <laughs> yeah, not for us. It might mean something more to, you know, teams like Bama and A&M who haven't quite – well, Bama's been there plenty of times too. But this is kind of uncharted territory for the Aggies. Yeah, in recent history. Uh, we, knew, yeah. we knew Jimbo would uh, be able to recruit uh a and m a college station given that he recruited pretty well at florida state uh this class is insane and i don't know yeah. if it's the i don't know if it's the n i l in the state of texas or if it's the <laughs> fact that some of their competitors i mean t c u got a new coach and uh texas tech's kind of in flux and texas was a mess this year maybe oklahoma as they compete against them a lot in recruiting they have a new coach so maybe Maybe it was the perfect storm for him to clean up out there, but uh, mm-hmm. pretty impressive. Yeah, it really is. And from what I saw, Texas did pretty well, too, considering the mess they're in with Sarkeesian. They did. And they brought uh, Quinn, uh, Quinn Ewers, or whatever his name is, became really the first college free agent mm-hmm. <laughs> going, going to get his NIL money at Ohio State then coming back home. I mean, that's essentially what it is now. I mean, we, we kind of joke and laugh about it, but that's really what it is about. I <laughs> mean. Well, somebody on the internet, uh, and I think it was him, they called him Kurt Flood of the college football, <laughs> which is, I mean, 
I mean, if he won the starting job at Ohio State and he didn't have to sit behind C.J. Stroud for two or three more years, then he probably would have stayed there. So I don't think he went up there with that intention. Now, there are some framing it that way. Mm -hmm. uh, And only people in the know would actually – him and I'm sure his family and people around him probably know if there's any truth to that. But he played the system well if uh, if that was the case. Now, Travis Hunter (laughs) – (laughs) that was a landmark situation what we saw today and you and i were exchanging texts all morning about that but uh for anyone who's uh not caught up on recruiting the number one player in the country is from atlanta uh cornerback slash wide receiver and uh he was supposed to be going to florida state for about two years i think he grew Mm -hmm. up in south florida a Knowles fan Mm -hmm. and uh, moved to atlanta in ninth grade or for ninth grade and so Georgia was putting on the full court press for him over during the course of the season, um, trying to get him to come to Georgia, but he didn't have any real ties to Georgia other than I'm sure a bunch of people at his school were going there and stuff. But uh, he'd been planning on going to Florida State, and then early this morning we hear that uh, Deion Sanders has lured him to come (laughs) play for Jackson State at a, uh, you know, historically black uh, college university. Uh, a renowned one that Walter Payton once played at in Jackson, Mississippi. Mm-hmm. But uh, and he he cited Walter Payton in his Instagram post. I'm curious if he knew who Walter Payton was last week. Uh, yeah, I, I was curious as to who helped him write that because I, I mean, I feel like there's was, probably not because it was literate. That's we're not no. saying that, but because, no, no, definitely uh, not. It, it cited a lot of people from the past in football that uh, most 18 year olds don't know who they are. No, absolutely not. So. I mean, kudos for him. I mean, and whoever helped him. I mean, it's definitely the right statement to put out there. I mean, I, I hope it. I mean, I'm not. I don't think hope is the right word, but I think it's a cool, a cool day in general, just to see Jackson State or one of these historically black college universities land one of these guys, and to be able to, you know, potentially make it build or snowball into something else. Not to say that a FCS program is ever going to be able to you know, break through and compete with the big boys and, you know, do what we do on a yearly basis. But, you know, I, th- I think it's cool for someone to start that that momentum, that snowball running downhill. All right. I got a lot of things to talk about on this. And I, <laughs> and I haven't crafted <laughs> them or thought much about them because it happens today. But uh, I got – we'll see where you are on all this. All right. So, Dion, a Florida State alum. Yes. I'm uh, glad you pointed that out for everybody. I don't, I don't know – the interesting thing is, you know, I heard all this about Hunter grew up a Seminole fan. That's why, and I've heard somebody had an uncle that was in the athletic department or something. I don't know how true any of that is. Uh, obviously, he's got some affinity for Florida State. Is he a Dion fan or was he actually a Florida State fan? But if he was a Dion fan, well, Dion retired uh, about the time he was born, too, even the second time mm-hmm. he retired. So, I mean, does he watch Dion on YouTube? He didn't grow up. No, no, I, I think it's exactly what you said. I, I think the the legend, the memory of these guys lives on, um, you know, I mean, when you look up anything like that, like, you know, top, top 100 plays of all time or top cornerbacks of all time or, you know, just top plays in general, Dion's you know, all ki- yeah, Dion's there. And, you know, that's what that's what these kids are looking at. I mean, they're trying to, you know, be like these guys. And, you know, when you see Dion come up over and over and over again on punt returns or pick sixes or whatever it may be. Um, I mean, you saw just how good he was. I mean, he was he was before his time or ahead of his time, I should say, just 
as far as what he could do on the field and, you know, being the multi multi-sport star that he was, um, you know, who didn't want to be like Dion back in the day. And I, I think maybe some of these kids are realizing, you know, <laughs> what kind of player he was and, you know, not just him, but other players in general. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I think the legend is going to continue growing. And I mean, when he was announced at Jackson state as the head coach, I mean, everyone was listening and trying to understand what that meant. And I think that just kind of, built Dion up even more as people try to figure out, you know, who is this guy exactly? And it doesn't take too long to figure out who he is and, you know, what he meant to Atlanta, um, you know, an NFL, MLB as a whole. All right. But, but seriously, let's, <laughs> I hear you, but let's go back for a second. <laughs> I can't relate to being, I can't relate to being a great athlete or someone who had any potential to play next level sports. Cause I didn't, uh, I was a mediocre athlete, but, when I played baseball as a little kid, I idolized Will Clark because I was on the T-ball Giants and I had his baseball card. But mm-hmm. I didn't idolize Willie Mays, mm-hmm. who who would have been, you know, retired before I was born or whatever. And, I mean, same thing. I grew up wanting to be MJ on the basketball court, not Kareem mm-hmm. or Dr. J or whoever. I don't remember them. So I still find that a little bit weird that his idol's not Darrell Revis or <laughs> – or Richard Sherman, that it's Deion Sanders. I'm a little confused by that. All right, so let's say here, here's what I'm going to guess happened. I'm going to guess that Deion was already recruiting him for Florida State before he took the Jackson State job. You think so? I bet there were some ties. I mean, he's been committed to the Knowles since he was like before his junior year of high school. Mm-hmm. So you don't think that uh, – Willie Taggart or somebody had sent Dion to go see him at some point. I'd be surprised. Yeah, no, I mean, I, it wouldn't be that far out there. I mean, w- when you talk Florida State, I mean, what's one of the first names that comes up? I mean, it's obviously Dion. Um, so if you if you're trying to get a guy, obviously, I mean, you send whatever whatever power, whatever pull you have. So no, I wouldn't be su- shocked at all. So I mean, to to say that these two didn't know each other prior to, you know, this past year or whatnot. Oh, they knew you know, each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there that was definitely some kind of – if they didn't know each other. Yeah, there, there's some kind of connection. As far as to how far it went, I mean, who knows? But obviously it went a little further than we all thought. All right. Well, then I saw – we're I've got so much to, to touch on this. I saw another comment online. Somebody thinks this is Dion. uh uh, well, there was some speculation I th- that he was trying to get back at Florida State for not taking him seriously when they had the coaching job come up before he took the Jackson State job. And then I saw somebody else saying they think that he's angling to be the next Florida State head coach. <laughs> <laughs> and that he might bring Travis Hunter with him. That'd be something else, um, wouldn't it? The end game? I mean, I, neither one of these things surprised me. I don't I don't know that I buy the vendetta thing because even Dion had to have thought it was kind of crazy Florida State was going to hire him with no coaching experience. Well, well, yeah. I mean, a Division One school like that, I mean, it, it's it, – even though it is Dion, I mean, and, you know, what what bigger, greater name to bring to your program than, you know, someone who played there and is a Hall of Famer and, you know, just one of the best players of all time. But at the same time, it's it, it's a school that – you know, they expect wins right away. I mean, not recently, obviously, based on what's been going on. But it's hard to imagine a first-time coach coming into a Division One program in one of the biggest conferences, you know, in the United States and, you know, making them compete, you know, for titles right away. So I get it, and I feel like he would get that too. Okay, I agree with you on that. 
But this whole angle that he may be trying to get to Florida State, <laughs> I think there could be some truth to that. Yeah, no, yeah, that's that wouldn't be shocking at all. I mean, and, and bring Florida State back to its glory. I mean, obviously, I mean, that's the goal. I mean, but Dion, I mean, he figures he can do just as good a job as Tagger, and why not? Nor- Norvell, you mean? Norvell, sorry, sorry. I'm living way in the past. Um, but anyway, yeah, it, it's been a revolving door lately, it seems like. Um, I said yeah, Tagger because I, mean, I think Hunter committed when Tagger was still there. Yeah, yeah, and that's why you got Taggart on, on my brain. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, I, I don't see any reason why that wouldn't be a possibility or even a probability. I, I mean, <laughs> if, he, if, they sh- if he can show Florida State that he can do things like this and land a recruit right. that no one, no one in the world possibly right. thought that he could land, what else is he capable of doing at a big-time school like Florida State? Yeah, no. I, I mean, I have no doubt that he wants to be the coach at Florida State. No question about that. But, yeah, I think that was it right there. He just showed Florida State what they're missing out on mm-hmm. um, in hopes that maybe he can speed up the process for him to be the head coach at Florida State. Yeah, uh, and the I – thing... Sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say, and he knows, and I know Norval knows that, you know, the, the leash is, you know, really short, obviously. They're not going to withstand, you know, more than one or two more losing seasons in a row, I would feel like, until, you know, they, they go out and they make a, a real splash. You know, not to say that, you know, Taggart or Norvell wasn't a, wasn't a splash, but something to, you know, really ignite the fan base and, you know, to get people looking at Florida State again. Um, so, no, I don't think it's out of the question that it could happen in the next, you know, year or two. Um, especially after what happened today. Uh, we we don't think that Dion is still going to be the coach at Jackson State in two years. I don't imagine. you. I mean, I wouldn't think that. No, no. This is – I mean, everyone knows this is a stepping stone uh, towards something, you know, bigger and better, whether it's Florida State or, or somewhere else. But, um, no, I'd be shocked. So, Travis Hunter is going to be in the portal in a year or two. Exactly. Does he go? He's going with Dion somewhere. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't see why not. As long as the relationship is there, you know, throughout that, you know, that first year, and and I don't see why it wouldn't be. I mean, he's the reason they're there. I'm get. He's the reason, you know, that he he came there. I would imagine. I mean, he can say whatever he wants about the history of HBCUs and you know Walter Payton going there, but at the same time, that's not the reason he went there in my mind. You're you're breaking up a little bit. I heard your I heard your point, but you're breaking up a little. Okay. Just if you want to move around move around the room, Matt. <laughs> yeah, I'll move a little bit. All right. But anyway, for the part that you didn't hear or may not have heard, I mean, at the end of the day, sleep talks about you know Walter Payton and HBCUs yeah. and you know tr- making a you know trailblazing a path for these future athletes. But at the end of the day, I mean, we all know why he went there. I mean, yeah, those things maybe had a an influence of some sort, but I don't think it was the the biggest influence is what I'm saying. No, because he's reported to be getting a seven figure, uh, NIL agreement. And that's, uh, um, name image likeness, uh, which as of July 1st of this year, college, college athletes can cash in on their name image likeness. And he's the most famous during, uh, his freshman year of college next year. So, Apparently, there's some agreement in place with Barstool Sports 
I you you may have to explain to our uh, listeners exactly what Barstool Sports does because I've never been able to figure it out exactly. Oh, uh, something because I I look at Barstool very infrequently. Yeah, I look at it very infrequently too. But um, there, Deion Sanders apparently a client of theirs. Yeah, or a representative I, I, of theirs. And, and from what I understand, it's going to be some kind of, you know, almost like a documentary thing with, with Travis Hunter. I mean, is that what you read as well? Yeah, some kind of hard knocks, uh, little life of Jackson State's program or something, some kind of series or web series or something. Yeah, so I'm going to have to kind of get into it myself and kind of see what it's all about. But, um, yeah, I'll be honest, I don't give a whole lot of time to Barstool and um, – Maybe I should at this point. I mean, this is a this is a pretty big name, a pretty big day, you know, in the life of well, recruiting. The, well, the stool presidente, the founder, Dave Portnoy, has had all kinds of accusations heaped at him. I don't know whether they're true or not, but um, it's a curious business for Travis Hunter to be getting involved in. It is. It is. So, I mean, you can't say it's not without without risk or whatever you may call it. I mean, obviously money talks, and at the end of the day, you're kind of going to be blinded by everything else except those, you know, those dollar signs. The dollar signs are what you see. Um, hopefully, you know, at the end of the day, he's getting into it for the He doesn't regret this choice because um, obviously these are young student athletes. And at the end of the day, you root for all of them to, you know, make the choice that best goes with their beliefs, you know, their thoughts and whatnot. And um, I guess we'll see. <laughs> I got two more two more points on this. Um, I like I've told you, uh, he's the best wide receiver I've ever seen in Georgia high school. I don't know <laughs> if he's the best player, but he's he's in that discussion. Probably one of the five to ten best players I've ever seen in Georgia high school. Uh, he's up there: Takio Spikes, Alvin Kamara, Renzo Carter. Um, I, uh, I could name some others: uh, Deshaun Watson, Trevor Lawrence, Deshaun. so forth. Um. But he's up there in that mix. All right, so I was watching the Heisman ceremony the other night, and Bryce Young said something that struck me. He said that his dad told him when he was growing up playing basketball, he said, if you're ever the best player on the court, you need to find another court. Well, Mm -hmm. Travis Hunter's been challenging himself in many ways on the football field playing in 7A in Georgia. But he's going to be the best player on every field he goes to playing for Jackson State. So is that going to get him ready for what he's going to face in the NFL? Uh, I have questions about that. I mean, who are you? Who are you going to be playing? He's probably going to put up Steve McNair like statistics at his whatever position he plays, and I presume he's going to play corner if he's going to be mentored by Dion. I mean, it makes but sense. Let's say, let's say, let's say Travis Hunter has a 15 interception season playing the competition they play. Uh, what is that doing for him? You got any answer for that? Because I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm not really sure either because based on the film that I've seen and the videos that you've shared with me, because uh, when you started talking about this guy, obviously I started looking more into it, um, especially with his connection to Chris Bland, and it, he's unbelievable. I mean, <laughs> very <laughs> you know, but indirect uh, relationship with Chris Bland. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, he's he, he's a freakish athlete um, on both sides of the ball. I mean, the fact is that he is going to be kind of what Dion was um, as far as being on both sides of the ball, potentially, you know, I'm sure he's going to return punts. I'm sure he's going to play cornerback. I'm sure he's going to play wide receiver at some point. He's going to be a jack of all trades over at Jackson state. And you're right. I mean, compare that um, when he's not going up against the Jamison Williams of the world. 
Because when he's not the Alaves of the world, I, I mean, it really is hard to put a, a number on what does he have to do at Jack in order, in order for us kind of blown away and be like, oh, wow, you know, let, let's see what he can do, you know, at the senior bowl. Yeah. Or well, in order for him to, in order for him to get better as a player, is what I'm saying. I mean, I don't, like you said, hard to imagine him being challenged at any point. I mean, just based on what I've seen, I mean, I can't imagine there's anyone that's going to be remotely close to his athletic ability every Saturday. Um, and, and I think he knows that. So surely it's gone into his thought process. And I mean, when you see 1.7 million or whatever it is, I mean, maybe you don't think about that thing and you, <laughs> you assume that your, your talent is going to get you to the next level regardless of where you go play. Um, and people are going to still, still still get recruited uh, for the NFL. I mean, you always see, you know, guys from Montana, from, you know, various schools out West that you've never heard of or seen, you know, and maybe he thinks this is the exact same scenario that, you know, who's going to be watching Jackson State? Well, while that's true, now maybe we have a reason Jackson State. Yeah, that's true. Uh, you would think that they'll get some games against some big schools with Dion's marketing ability, uh, because even if Travis Hunter's on the field, a team like Alabama's not going to have a hard time beating them. No, I mean, no matter what he does, I, I mean, even if he does hold someone like Jameson Williams to, you know, six catches for ninety yards, you know, something respectable to do against a guy like that. Um, but yeah, I mean, absolutely. I mean, you know, you're going to get the victory, and you know, you're going to get Dion and you know, his fan base to follow, you know, into your stadium. So, I mean, I, it's a win-win a game like that. Yeah, and they probably will get some TV uh, uh, chances on ESPN and so forth. It'll be like the LeBron James high school season where the, they'll show Travis Hunter on Friday night or something playing for Jackson yeah. State. Yeah, exactly. So the whole country will even – you know, and Dion, just because of who Dion is and kind of what the, you know, what he's trying to do there. You know, not necessarily there, but what he's what he's trying to point out to everyone that he can do um, when he headed to his new role at, you know, wherever it may be, fill in the blank, university. Uh, but, yeah, I, I think we'll see him for sure. And I think, you know, he's probably thinking that he's going to get the opportunity to shine in front of a lot of people, even if a lot of people aren't going to be necessarily at the actual game to see him do that. Oh, there might be now. Uh, there there might be. Here, here's my last point, though. Are you surprised, because I am, that if he was going to do something like this, it wasn't a package deal with a handful of recruits? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, for something like this to happen, I feel like there's got to be a little more on the table with a, for a guy of his talent. I, I mean – I don't know Jackson State's roster, but it doesn't seem like they're going to compete for an FCS championship this year, even with Travis Hunter. I don't know. I mean, Deion Sons, the quarterback, he's pretty, he was a pretty big recruit that turned down bigger schools to come play there. He, he did. He um, did. So, but I, 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 mean, I, I mean, I'm just surprised that if he was willing to put – I mean, I know he's going to make a lot of instantaneous money, and that probably played a role in it. And then, of course – Nothing. There's nothing bad about being mentored by Deion Sanders to play cornerback, mm-hmm. and I fully expect in three years, no matter what happened, he's going to be a number one pick. Because you look at Derek Stingley; he's barely played any football in the last two years, and he's in the top ten of every draft board. 
based yeah. on one year at LSU. So Travis Hunter will put some tape out there. He'll be a top 10 pick in three years, and none of this is really going to matter other than for Florida State, who aren't going to get his services. But mm-hmm. I'm very surprised that he didn't get four or five of his buddies on the recruiting circuit to go with him uh, and and try to lift the program or just to bring notoriety to what's going on. He's very much doing this on his own, and that's surprising. Yeah, I mean, it is surprising for an 18-, 19-year-old to be willing to venture out and, you know, try to take on the shoulders of a – or take on, you know, all the weight of the, you know, of the university who are – you know, going to be expecting great things now because, you know, he's there, Dion's there. Like you mentioned, Dion's son is there now. I mean, if you look at the rankings, I, I think Jackson State's like number 60 or 70 based on, you know, what happened today um, with those two players. And, you know, for, for that to be the case is pretty remarkable. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, uh, that pretty much a lot wraps up signing day for, for a while. We'll see if Georgia gets the mythical national championship come February. <laughs> uh, but let's talk about, uh, let's talk about the SEC championship since we never got a chance to last week. Um, oh both God, of us, do we have to? <laughs> yeah, we, we don't have to talk long. Uh, both, uh, both of us picked Georgia and we were both horribly wrong. Horribly. <laughs> the final score was exactly what it was last year when Alabama <laughs> played Georgia 41 to 24. <laughs> In fact, Georgia looked like they were less in the game than they were last year. Um, so, uh, what went wrong uh, on defense? Let's start defensively. What What do you think was the cause of Georgia, who hadn't given up more than 17 all year, getting absolutely thrown all over? Yeah, I mean, what it comes down to, in my opinion, is just getting pressure up front. I mean, we've we've gotten pressure up front with our front four all year long. You know, occasionally, you know, you know, we'll bring a fifth or even a six sometimes, but we don't typically need to. And it seemed like whenever we were, we even brought, you know, five or six, I mean, Alabama's offensive line play, played really well that game. I mean, Bryce had plenty of time and the times, I mean, I mentioned it, you know, the last time we did this, the times that we were almost there, I mean, he got away. We couldn't bring him down. I mean, we weren't ready for someone of Bryce Young's athleticism. I mean, the times that we got there, we had to bring them down and we couldn't do it. But for the most part, we just couldn't get there. I mean, we got outplayed up front, which is something I did not think was going to happen based on what I saw against Auburn, you know, even what I saw against Texas A&M. I, I mean, I really thought we were going to give Bryce Young fits back there um, for four quarters, and that wasn't the case at all. And I don't care how good our cornerbacks are. Um, you can have the best cornerbacks in the country. Um, you know, we have fine ones. I mean, they're not the greatest against Mechie and Jamison Williams. I mean, if you're not getting pressure up front um, and Bryce Young can escape the pocket the few times we do get there, I mean, there's nothing we can really do um, to hold them down. Yeah, I think I think you're exactly right. I think uh, the, the, the scheme set up the pressure to come up the middle, mm-hmm. uh, which makes sense. You want to get in the quarterback's face. I mean, they say that about Tom Brady all the time, that he doesn't like having defensive tackles and middle linebackers hitting him. Uh, but it didn't work against Alabama. Auburn worked the edges more. Mm-hmm. I don't know that we have any pass rusher without Adam Anderson available. I don't know if we have any pass rusher good enough to get by Evan Neal. So that yeah, leaves the so. right side uh, is where you needed to be taking advantage. And I'm sure that they'll start trying to do that more if we get a rematch with Alabama and Indianapolis. But uh, they did not get any kind of pressure heat at all. Uh, he pretty much had a clean pocket to work with. And when he didn't, like you said, he moved up in the pocket and you couldn't get him down. 
or he'd sprint mm-hmm. for 20 yards. Uh, if we played man to when we came out playing zone, that didn't work. They kept finding no. holes. We went man to man. Then he took off with his legs. Uh, so I think Georgia's in deep trouble if they play him again, but we'll see. Yeah, no, I agree completely. I mean, we've got to change something schematically, whether it's uh, keeping, you know, Nakobe there as a spy, not bringing that pressure up the middle. And, it, you know, but I. But who I hate... would have not done that? Who would have not come up with that before the SEC championship game? That's what I don't understand. Yeah, I don't understand it either. Um, obviously, we're going to see more of that. I mean, we have to. I mean, Kirby's a smarter guy than we are. I mean, I I would like to believe that. By, by name, anyway. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> So, so, yeah, it's going to have to change, you know, completely. Obviously, Mechie's out, which, you know, you never root for a guy, you know, to no. be out for, for a game like not. this. Um, it's, you know, terrible what happened to him. And, you know, hopefully he recovers well and comes back 100%. And, you know, modern science these days, you know, it seems like it's almost a guarantee, but you never know. Um, right. But the, but the fact of the matter is he's not going to be there if we get to that championship game. Uh, if they get it, I mean, uh, obviously we're skipping ahead a little bit and assuming Bama's going to, you know, get over Cincinnati. I mean, we'll get there, obviously. But assuming Alabama does get by Cincinnati and if we can get by Michigan, um, obviously it'll be a little easier. We, we'll be able to, you know, target Jamison a little more. Um, not to say that it's going to be easy by any stretch. I mean, <laughs> it's Alabama. It's still our white whale that we still can't beat. Um, and Bryce Young is the best quarterback in the country, the best player in the country. He proved it against the best defense of the past, you know, three decades, um, statistically anyway. So, I mean, we've got a lot to work on, and, you know, it's it was a pretty humbling experience for sure. You're still fading in and out a little bit. I can hear you, but our listeners may think you're like Jimmy Kimmel and doing the bleeping thing that he does oh, when he sounds gotcha. like you're cursing, but you're not. All right, I'll try to keep but, uh, moving. Uh, no, <laughs> I don't know. It may be me, but anyway, just letting you know. Okay. Um, so I think if uh, if if Georgia wins the Orange Bowl and gets a rematch with Bama, you and I can talk that week and come up with a game plan uh, when the time comes. But uh, we'll uh, for right now, let's uh, let's pitch it forward a little bit. Alabama's got Cincinnati in the Cotton Bowl. Uh, a much uh, a much cheaper game to attend than the Orange Bowl. As it yeah, when out. you t- yeah when you told me the ticket prices, I almost jumped out of my chair. That's unbelievable. Yeah, um, it is. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I would say that if I would say Cincinnati pulling an upset on Alabama would be relatively shocking. Even though if I were to look at the two teams on paper, I would say they have a pretty good chance of that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this is Cincinnati's strength is exactly the strength they need going into this game. And that's going to be, you know, limiting, you know, big plays and, you know, keeping Alabama relatively, you know, in check throughout the game. I mean, they've got two of the best corners in the nation. You know, we talked about a little earlier. You got Sauce Gardner, who, what'd you say? He hasn't given up more than 13 yards in a game this year. Yeah, 13's the max from what I read. Yeah, that's pretty insane. I mean, regardless of who you're going up against every Saturday, I understand it may not be, you know, tier one wide receivers, but, I mean, they played some good teams. They played Houston. They played SMU. Um, you know, UCF has some athletes too. I mean, it's – I mean, they, I mean, they played a Power 5 school. I mean, they they played Indiana. They played Notre Dame. So, they, they, they play people. I mean, obviously, Indiana wasn't the Indiana we expected this year. And, you know, Notre Dame just missed out on the playoff. 
Um, but the fact of the matter is, I mean, that's pretty amazing. And you have to imagine that he's going to be on Jamison, you know, all day long. Um, what he can do against Jamison is to be seen. But, um, you know, Kobe Bryant is on the other side. So you have to think that, you know, they've, they've, got, a, they've got a pretty good idea of how they're going to be able to slow them down. It's just a matter of will they be able to execute. Yeah, I agree with you. And uh, Desmond Ritter's a good quarterback. I mean, I think he can move the ball on Bama. Jerome Ford is a former Alabama player, you mm-hmm. know, running back. So, I mean, he, he may not have been good enough to beat out Brian Robinson, but he was good enough to be recruited by Alabama. So he's a pretty good running back. Exactly. Uh, that puts it in perspective. Got, uh, and they got Pierce, a receiver, can go up and get the ball. Bama's mm-hmm. going to have Josh Job, their starting corner, out for the playoffs. Yep. as well so i mean i if if cincinnati doesn't cower from the moment i mean if they hang in there especially through the first half and not get routed like bama could put people away in a quarter mm-hmm. uh, i think they've got a pretty decent shot of winning the game but yet it would still be shocking if that makes no sense at all but it's still i mean bama's still favored by two touchdowns over a good team so it's just crazy yeah. how good saban's got them playing but yeah, exactly. I, I mean, that SEC title game just kind of put it all in perspective. I mean, when they're when they're on, I mean, it, it is a machine, a well-oiled machine and, you know, very nice football to look at for three hours, you know, except if you're on the other side like we were. Um, but yeah, yeah but I mean, I'm, it... I'm. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say I'm right there with you. I mean, Cincinnati's got the talent. I mean, they've got the their cupboard is, you know, pretty pretty stocked as far as you know talent on both sides of the ball they they have playmakers that can score points they have defenders that can make big plays but at the same time you know this is uncharted territory for you know for Cincinnati I mean this isn't this is nothing for Bama Bama's expected to be in this position every single year so um and and you know Saban's going to be ready you know Bama's going to be ready you know Saban's not going to let Bama take Cincinnati lightly and you know I don't think anyone's would take Cincinnati lightly at this point um, based on their past two seasons and what they did, especially this season. So I'm not worried about any kind of a letdown. Um, Cincinnati is just going to have to play, you know, play lights out their minds out in order to pull off this upset. Um, I don't know how you evaluate this. I'm, I'm kind of winging this off the top of my head. I should have asked you to think about this in advance, but you saw the uh, the UCF team up close three or four years ago. Do you think the Cincinnati team's better than they were? I think so. I, I think so, it, mainly because of Desmond Ritter. Uh, I'm, I'm a bigger believer in him. Um, in my opinion, I think he's going to go in the first round of the draft, although when you read a little bit about him, a lot of people aren't too sure. I feel like I'm more sure about him. Um, I'm not putting him, you know, in the top five or, you know, even the top ten, um, but I think he's – He's a, I think he's more accurate. I, I think he's more mobile. I think he's more, I, I guess, uh, tenacious. I, I think he's ready for this moment. Um, I don't know if it's going to be enough to get by Bama, um, but but I like him a lot, um, and I think he's got a future in the NFL. Well, this is the first uh, non-power five school to get in, but I was just trying to think. I mean. We haven't had the playoffs except since 14, but I don't know where this team compares to past ones, like the, the Urban Meyer Utah team or even that Kyle Whittingham Utah team that beat Alabama in the Sugar Bowl. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, there's been the BYU team won the championship in '84 back in the old pole days. Mm-hmm. But I, I just I don't really know where this team, the Cincinnati team's the first one that's had the opportunity. But I'm not sure where they stack up. But yeah, I kind of agree with you. They probably have uh, as good a chance as probably any of these non-power schools have to go all the way. Yeah, I think so. And I mean, I think everyone knows that this is going to be their biggest test if they get by Bama. I mean, there's no reason they can't finish the job. Um, Bama's going to be by far the most talented team. And I, I think after the SEC title game, we can all come to the same consensus that Alabama is still king in college football, no matter what we thought, you know, for seven or eight straight weeks when we were running roughshod over everybody. Yeah. Um, the other game is the Orange Bowl, Michigan versus Georgia. Um, I know where I'll be spending New Year's Eve. Are you, are you, com- are you but, coming uh, down to, to Miley Cyrus and Pete Davidson's uh, New Year's party? I am, if it's on the way to the Orange Bowl. It's pretty close, I would imagine. I know it's somewhere in Miami. I couldn't tell you where. Okay. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll look into it then. You, you should. I saw the advertisement uh, last night, actually. Wow. Okay. Well, that's, that's <laughs> very tempting. Um, so... Georgia's got a Georgia to me's got a, a mental test, a mental hurdle to get past the Alabama game and get refocused. Uh, Vegas thinks that they're seven and a half point favorites. That seems like a lot to me, but but I was also thought that the six and a half line against Bama wasn't enough. Mm-hmm. So what do I? <laughs> exactly, exactly. It really is. Uh, I've been surprised by both numbers as you are. Um, the only thing that I'm guessing is that. Michigan strengths feed right into our defensive strengths. Um, you know, Michigan, there's not too many surprises. They're going to try to line up in formations like they did against Ohio State and try to run the ball. Um, obviously, it worked for, you know, three hours against Ohio State. Um, not sure it's going to work as well against us. And kind of like our situation, um, I think Stetson's only thrown 300 yards in one game this season. That was against Bama that we lost. Cade McNamara, I don't think he's thrown for 300 yards the entire season um, in a game. He did, because he only has... in the Michigan State loss. Oh, the Michigan State loss? Okay, I stand corrected then. I read that, I read that today. The only reason I know that. Okay. So, so I guess what I'm trying to say is they haven't really put a game on McNamara's shoulders to win because um, they haven't really needed to. I mean, they've dominated with defense in the running game. I mean, it's, it's an old-school Michigan team, you know, for sure. Um, almost our mirror, I guess you could say. Um, I'm not sure. I mean, I guess I like Stetson a little more just based on, you know, the fact that he can get out of the pocket, which he's going to have to against that front four from time to time. Um, I like our skill receivers a little bit better. I, I mean, I like the depth that, at running back for us a little bit better just because I like James Cook so much um, coming out of the backfield. Um, but I feel like we're pretty similar teams. And I think when you look at it, we're probably a little more talented at a lot of those areas. Um, so I'm guessing that's why Vegas gives us a little bigger bump than what I would have thought, but I would have had us a little bit lower too, as far as a favorite. All right. I got some good news and some bad news. The good news is you're coming in clear. Now the bad news, I had to go in my restroom for that to happen. So I don't know if this is a permanent <laughs> solution for our listeners, but oh God. Anyway, now you, you sound pretty good now. Um, yeah. Well, the, the biggest issue I would have if I'm Georgia, my concern would be our ability to block Hutchinson and Ajabo because uh, if Stetson Bennett has any weakness, it's going to be pressure and uh, 
you know, be forcing the ball, I guess, under pressure and call it creating turnovers for the opponent. Mm-hmm. And so I would I would think that you know we did a pretty good job of blocking Will Anderson in the in the SEC game. He had a sack really late when the game was out of hand, but for the most mm-hmm. part we did all right. Uh, but there were a few times when Stetson did get pressured, he turned the football over, uh, and I would be very concerned based on what Hutchinson did against that petite Frayer guy left tackle for Ohio State. That as good as Sawyer is, he better be a hundred percent because otherwise they have game records at defensive end that could create all kinds of problems. Yeah, they, they really do, and I mean that's what it comes down to. I mean Stetson's going to have to eat a couple of those balls and take the sack and not try to be the hero and make the hero play because I mean, when, when he does, we, we've seen what. It's not a knock on Stetson, you, you know. I love the fact that you know he's willing to go out there and gunsling it sometimes and try to make something happen, but sometimes it's just, it's just not the time. And there's going to, there's going to be some times it just are, I mean, they're that good. And like you said, Sawyer, we're not sure what we're going to get from him. Um, even at a hundred percent, I'm not sure what he's going to be able to do. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and that's not a shot at him. He's going to be a top couple round draft pick, but exactly. Hutchinson may be the number one pick in the entire draft. Exactly. He's got a, a reasonable shot, in my opinion, as well. Um, so, so yeah, it, it's a tough matchup, obviously. I mean, I, I think <laughs> I'm a low-scoring game. Um, obviously, I'm, I've been pretty wrong on this multiple times as far as predicting a low-scoring game and getting a game in the 40s for both teams. So I wouldn't be shocked either way, but I, I, I feel like both defenses are going to be ready uh, for what the quarterbacks, you know, are good at doing and I think they'll be able to limit that which means it's going to be mostly a ground game as far as moving the ball and you know that's where I'll give us the slightest edge just because you know we can rotate you know three or four backs in there you know throughout the game and hopefully hopefully we're you know in the second half and early in the fourth quarter yeah uh Haskins and Corum are probably a better duo than White and Cook wouldn't you say yeah, I, I think so. Relative, relative to the competition they face up there, I mean, I don't know. It's hard to say based on us playing the SEC, but uh, the Big Ten was pretty good this year too, we yeah. think. I guess we don't yeah. really know until they all play each other. But That's true. I mean, we really weren't sure how good Michigan State was until, you know, the, the wheels kind of fell off a little bit. Um, so, yeah, I mean, not to say that Michigan, that's going to happen to Michigan. I, I'm not saying that they're – they're a fraud and the Ohio state game, they got lucky. I think they're a pretty good team. Um, I just, at, at the end of the day, I think we match up pretty well. I, I can't imagine a situation like we just had at Bama where the game gets away from us. I, I feel like we're always going to be within shouting. We get down. Um, so I'm not too worried about, you know, having, having Stetson drop back and throw it 45 times in order to keep us in the game. So I, I guess that's, that's why I like us in this game. Um, Because I think it's going to be a fairly our defense to make, you know, a a few plays, uh, maybe, and and maybe Stetson make a few plays outside the pocket that, you know, kind of is the difference in the game. I'm not sure what we're going to get out of McNamara because I just haven't seen him enough. Haven't seen him, you know, throw the ball enough. I mean, the Ohio State game was kind of the marquee game that everyone saw. You know, Kay didn't have to do anything that game. Yeah, I, uh, I'm kind of I'm kind of thinking it may be a field goal at the end. I'm expecting kind of a classic game. 
I don't really know which way it's going to go. Uh, I mean, George, to me, George is probably the better team, but I just don't know what frame of mind they're going to be in. Yeah, I mean, you really can't predict it. And, I mean, Kirby was saying all the right things after a loss like this, you know, gives us a chance to galvanize our team and, you know, realize that, you know, we can overcome this. I mean, yeah, it's a, it's an L and we're not going 15 and 0 this year. Like the ultimate goal was, um, you know, but the, the goal that really matters is still attainable at the end of the day. And um, we want that rematch. And obviously we will take the Cincinnati game as well, but um, yeah, we, we want that rematch to get that taste out of our mouth. So I'm hoping that's what we're buying into. I'm hoping that's what Kirby is still selling. And, you know, I think we'll be ready against Michigan. But uh, quite honestly, I thought we were going to be ready against Bama. Um, <laughs> and like what, you, like what you said is one of the biggest games in Georgia football history. And to lay an absolute egg like that was pretty stunning. Well, that's, and that's what I keep going back to 41 to 24. I mean, you can, you can say all the right things like that. Like Kirby's saying, if you lose a game by a field goal or, or even like a game – you know, if we'd blown a lead like we had the previous times, we can get them again the next time. But you got to be pretty demoralized the way that last game went. I mean, I think our fan base was demoralized, so I'm sure the team was. Yeah, I've. It, it was shocking. It really was. It's nothing. Nothing like that is something I would have predicted. I mean, yeah, a Bama win is one thing. That I mean, that's fine. Yeah, of course, Bama can win right. that game. I mean, so what? But, yeah, the way they won it or the way we lost it or the way we just, you know, seemed completely unprepared and just unable to, you know, get those stops that we've been known for all year. And it, it was it was hard to watch. It really was. Unlike unlike any other game I've seen from Georgia, because it just it felt different because <laughs> we honestly thought we had the better team. And then to get humbled like that um, and realize that we don't have the better team is was kind of hard to take. Well, you, you and I, um, the last game we went to together was in Baton Rouge. We played a similar game down there against LSU, which I think we both kind of excused because we were playing at Death Valley. Mm-hmm. But that was another game that we, we came in as with expectations of having a chance to win. We didn't play well at all. Mm-hmm. Um, in, in 19, we played LSU again, the Dome, and got blown out. Um, we've been blown out by Alabama two years in a row, and we got routed pretty good by Florida last year too. So this vaunted defense uh, has not shown up the last few times it's played a great quarterback. And that concerns me about as much as anything. Now, that doesn't really affect the Michigan game, but I think it does affect the mindset that if you think that you're invincible and you find out you're not at all invincible, I think that's hard to come back from. Yeah, no, I agree 100%. And, you know, if we if we lay another egg in another big game, I mean, even if it's not this game, if we get by Michigan um, and we face, you know, Bryce Young again and he does what he did to us, you know, a few weeks ago, um, Kirby's going to have a lot of questions, you know, that he's going to have to answer because the fact of the matter is, like you said, um, yeah, we're getting, we're getting dropped in these big games and not dropped lightly either. We're getting smacked in the face. Uh, I mean, for, for – for as good as we recruit and for the talent that we have, I mean, that shouldn't be happening anymore. Um, it's getting to the point where it's almost inexcusable. I mean, it, it, there's no reason for it. Um, so, yeah, I, Kirby's going to have to do some soul searching if we don't get to the back to the national title game, um, obviously. And then if we get there and we, we play like we did against Bama again, um, 
yeah, it's, it's going to be tough. It really is going to be tough to, uh, to figure out what exactly is happening um, in these games that, you know, we're so ready to win. And we talk about, yeah, we're ready to win. And, you know, our guys are hungry for this win. And, um, and then just to not show up at all, it's just, you know, it's sad. It's inexcusable. And hopefully it doesn't come to that. We'll see. Obviously, we're skipping ahead. Well, the issue the issue I have is the defense, and he keeps getting questions about the quarterback position. That's a whole different story that you and I could spend three entire podcasts on, but I don't want to get into that right now. But, oh, I mean, yeah, for sure. Stetson, Stetson Bennett struggled to some extent, but he also threw for 340 and three touchdowns, and that throw to, that Bowers couldn't come up with in the end zone was one of the best throws you'll ever see. It so, really was. I mean, you could you can knock Stetson for some things, but you can't knock him for everything. But I, I do have a, I do take issue with the we we hired who we thought was the preeminent defensive coach in the country. Uh, that his his defense coordinator was so good that at thirty five he got the Oregon job. Mm-hmm. Uh, can't keep a team with a pulse under forty points. I don't understand that, and that's the question he should be getting from me if I was yeah. the one asking. Yeah, absolutely. I mean. It- it's time to start asking the hard hitting questions. Cause you know, it's time. I mean, we've, he, he's built, you know, a fantastic team. He, he's got the pieces. He's got the all Americans. He's got the difference makers on defense. You know, I mean, it, it really is time to, you know, know, we're not, and we're not saying that, you know, we have to, you know, hold these teams scoreless like we were doing all season against, you know, the, the non Alabamas of the world. Yeah. Georgia techs of the world. <laughs> but, yeah. but I mean, Giving up 40, you know, against these teams, it's, it's not going to – I'd be asking questions, questions too, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. And, I, and, and some people say, well, it was really 34 because Stutson threw a pick six. Okay, that's still not acceptable. I don't care. No. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's the same to me. It doesn't make any kind of difference. If you watch that game from beginning to end, from beginning to end on defense, every single time Bama had the ball. Correct. So uh, – I will say, uh, let's. I'll say Georgia twenty-three to twenty over Michigan, and that's really that's an optimistic. Uh, that's a that's a partisan guess there. I think I would pick Michigan if I wasn't a Georgia fan. Yeah, no, I'm right there with you. I'm scared to death of this game. I really am. Um, I'm gonna. I'm right in the same ballpark as you. I'll say twenty-four twenty, Georgia, and. Uh, you know, I think we're going to have to make a stand at the end. Um, I, I, I really do. I think it's going to come down to our defense, and that's what's going to terrify me um, after what we saw in the SEC title game. Well, first, uh, let's, talk, let's talk about the game for a second. First, uh, first trip to the Orange Bowl in 50, since 1959. What's that, 62 years, I think? Yeah, yeah pretty cool, huh? Uh, I mean, it's cool to me. It's our, uh, the crazy thing is Wally Butts took us to the Orange Bowl three times. I bet most people don't know that. Yeah, that's wild. <laughs> we were a regular in the 40s and 50s, but uh, yeah. but it's been a long time. And first time since 65 that we've played Michigan. So this is a matchup I've, I can't tell you how many times when I was a kid, I grew up a fan of Georgia and Michigan, that I was hoping we'd play in an Outback Bowl or mm-hmm. a Citrus Bowl or something. We somehow missed it by one. Uh, where maybe Georgia was the number two team in the SEC, but Michigan was the number three team in the Big Ten or something like that. Yeah, how and, many times uh, did we get Michigan State? Finally... <laughs> yeah, that's right. But now we finally meet. So uh, I'm pretty fired up just to see the game. I'm fired up to play Harbaugh. 
who I always enjoy. I bet Kirby and Harbaugh will be a fascinating uh, pre-bowl press conference situation. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, and, I mean, the environment itself is just going to be fantastic. I mean, when we went to the Final Four, I mean, we saw, you know, the, the Michigan fans that just came down in droves. And you know it's going to happen this time, too. Yeah, and I was uh, – they were at the other Final Four I went to in San Antonio, too. Oh, yeah, that's true. I forgot you went there. Yeah, I think I, I think I wore my Michigan shirt on championship game day, and then they lost, so I bought a Villanova shirt that night. Which... <laughs> nice. So I'm probably going to pack my Michigan – I may pack my Michigan Rose Bowl 1997 hat just in case Georgia loses so I can wear it home and pride with pride. There you go. I mean, I think it's the right call. But yeah, I'm I'm excited. I'm excited too. And you know we're going to travel. I mean, I mean our fans are notorious for traveling well, and the fact that you know it's That's, one state it, away. It took a couple of days for our fans to get over that Alabama game. I don't think I don't think that first day we were the ones buying up the tickets. Oh, I imagine no. I imagine not. I mean, I imagine Michigan's buying up everything right now. I mean, this has been a long time coming uh, for Harbaugh, Harbaugh and the Michigan fans. So. Um, it's been a rough decade. I mean, I think we all know the story and the, the hardships that Michigan's had against uh, not just Ohio State, but just, you know, um, in general. So, yeah, I mean, it's exciting times for them, and it's going to be an awesome environment. I mean, it's New Year's Eve. I mean, it's it's going to be a fun time. I wish I could be there. Well, I hate I hate the games being on New Year's Eve, but it really gave me no choice but to go because what else would I be doing on New Year's Eve but watching the game anyway? So I might as well go see it. Yeah, exactly. I don't blame you at all. And you know, I I told Hillary the same thing. I'm like, if we had nothing to do, Hillary. I mean, I understand that we're going to be with your with your parents just watching New Year's Eve stuff, and I'll be watching the game. We'll just be in Florida watching the game. I'm not going to be talking to you guys anyway. <laughs> That's yeah. That's kind of how I was thinking. So, um, are you going to give me a place to stay on the way, or what's going on with that? Oh, absolutely, man. Absolutely. If if this is where you want to stop, if you want to stop in Mountain Dora for the night, you let me know, and I will have the place arranged. All right. Well, that that might can happen. We'll see. We'll see. All right. Sounds good. I'm low on I'm low on days off. So, and and <laughs> if there's a if there's a chance Georgia goes to Indy, I'm leaving two days free. We'll see how that if that happens or not. There you go. I'll I'll see how much I can beg and plead to go to Indy. I'm not sure it's going to work. Yeah, well, I don't know that I'm going either for the the price, but um, I'm definitely would consider it. We'll see. But yeah, I'm looking forward to the Orange Bowl. I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to see a total disappointment or total elation, but I expect it's going to be fun. Yeah, absolutely, and this will be the second semifinal you you've been to. I mean, you went all the way out to the Rose Bowl, so you got to see the uh, the uh, Georgia uh, OU, uh, one of the best uh, games of all time. Some people say. Yeah, that one will be hard to top. I don't know. But I <laughs> I didn't go into that one with any expectation, except that I was going to get to go to Pasadena, probably for the only time in my life. So. That one already lived up to it just by being there. This yeah. game may require them to actually play a little bit for me to be happy with the amount of money I'm spending to go to Miami, but we'll see. That, that's true. Miami does not equal Pasadena. Not on New Year's Day. I mean, no. probably other days of the year it might, but uh, I hope it just uh, – I'm, I'm really hoping it doesn't rain, but I think I'm going to be so far from the field I'll be under that awning at Hard Rock, so it may not matter. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's too funny. Seats have yet to be determined, but they're going to be pretty high. That's all I know. 
they're going to be high and they're going to be about 800 a pop, I would imagine. So I ran it. Uh, I have a Dolphins uh, fan that works in my office now that's new to our office. Uh, he doesn't listen to this podcast, so I can talk about it. And he was telling me Hard Rock's pretty awesome now. Have you been there? I, I still haven't w- with all the renovations. I mean, it used to be a dump. We all know that. Say that again. Yeah. I lost you. Yeah, sorry. I, I thought I lost you. I said, yeah, I haven't been there since the renovations. I mean, I, I, I know we all know it used to be a dump. But, yeah, from what I hear, it's uh, it's an experience now. Yeah, he said he goes to a lot. Of, he's a Florida State fan. He said he goes to a lot of Florida State-Miami games down there, and it's pretty sweet. Um, so well, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what they've got. I kind of have a feeling it's going to be like, uh, um, you know, where the, the Diamondbacks had their pool and everything, just a bunch of mm-hmm. stuff that's accessory to the actual game. Exactly. I'm thinking there's going to be a lot of uh, – like the Marlins Park has the Clevelander Bar and stuff. I bet there's a lot of that going on in Hard Rock. Yeah, I, I would imagine. I mean, just the name Hard Rock itself just leads you to believe that it's going to be a fun time. <laughs> well, <laughs> they bought the naming rights, but you know, well, I could I could have called it Joe Robbie or uh, or uh, whatever other name they Pro Player, whatever other name they've had through the years. Oh yes, I remember. I remember Pro Player. <laughs> yeah. But but now they have a cool stadium name, so we'll see. It's still right next to the interstate, but yeah, it is. I'll, it's I'll give not... you a scouting report on our next uh, podcast. All right, sounds good. I, I like it. And then once uh, once Dion elevates himself to the uh, head coaching role at Florida State, and they travel down to Miami, I'll be there. Yeah, that's true. Well, uh, I doubt we make any more Orange Bowls anytime soon, unless some uh, weird happenstance occurs. Yeah, but, you're uh, probably right. Probably right. It should be. A- this should be a good one. Uh, let's talk about the NFL for just a second. Um, I was going to ask you last week. We didn't. Uh, we didn't get to do the pod, but I said, "Who would you? Uh, who would you say are the biggest Super Bowl contenders right now in your mind?" With four weeks left in the regular season, assuming the, uh, the season might be canceled for COVID. Yeah, yeah, I was about to say it's it's been a rough forty eight hours, um, not just in the NFL but the NBA as well. Um, yeah, this, this variant is just trying to ruin everything for us we're, we're just never gonna get our lives back man is what it comes down to <laughs> no i was hoping the georgia season would be over with before all this happened but it's not gonna make it i don't think no it doesn't seem like it, and it's it's depressing that's that's a whole nother conversation for a whole nother day um but if i had to pick somebody in the a- afc to answer your question i'm not sure how you go with anyone except kc at this point which is not something i thought i'd say five weeks ago um it seems like their defense has taken that next step. And the Chiefs are kind of notorious for this as far as starting out a little slow on defense to start the, the first half of the season. I've watched enough Chiefs uh, with my uncle. Um, my uncle's a huge KC fan for those that are listening. Um, so I get the Patrick Mahomes experience quite often. But it seems like in the second half of the season or right before you know game number eight, they kind of click it into gear and find something they haven't found the first half of the season. And not surprisingly, that's kind of what they've done the past few games. Um, so I think I put them as my AFC favorite right now. And that's only because I understand what New, Engle- New England's doing. And New England has just absolutely rolled everybody, you know, this entire, you know, seven or eight game stretch, whatever it's been, um, when they started one and three. Or um, I may be off by a game when I say that. Um, but the fact hey, of the matter right. is, yeah, um, I think I'm close. But the fact of the matter is, it's still a rookie quarterback. It's still Mac Jones who's still being, you know, 
I guess, brought along in that offense. And at some point, they're going to run up against somebody where they're going to have to score more than 20 points to win a game. Um, I'm not terrified of New England's offense. I mean, they've got some okay receivers. They've got Jacoby Myers. They've got, you know, a couple of good tight ends and Hunter Henry and Johnny Smith. Um, but it's the running backs that, that have been carrying them all season. I mean, it's Damian Harris and, and uh, Stevenson, um, who's been a pretty good rookie for them so far. Um, but at the end of the day, when I have Mahomes on my team and I've got a defense that's finally starting to figure it out, um, I think I go – I side with KC right now as the favorite in the AFC. Um, in the NFC, man, that's a tough call. Um, I feel like I've at times flip-flopped in my head between Arizona – the Rams and Tampa. But if you ask me today, I'd probably go with Tampa um, by a hair. Um, do you think that uh, you think that Mac Jones is going to be called two pass like Buck Blues called one pass <laughs> for the next like 30 years? Because maybe that was a pretty maybe. memorable. That was a memorable two for three. Yeah, it, it really was. <laughs> it, it really was. That was an amazing game. <laughs> So that kind of that plays into what you're saying about, you know, the rookie quarterback. Uh, I also like the Chiefs if they get home field. I mean, I don't know that it matters with Mahomes. They could probably go anywhere and win. Mm-hmm. Uh, they look they, – they still look a little funny on offense. They, they do. Not, except when they play the Raiders. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But um, I don't know. I keep feeling like – I feel like they're due to not win the AFC. You just hardly ever see a team win three in a row. New England's done it with Belichick and Brady, but nobody else has. Really, can I say ever? Has there ever been an, any AFC team to go – oh, the Bills. The Bills, yeah, the, the Bills. The Bills, but that's it. I, I always felt like the Bills had unique chemistry too. I don't know that I – can maybe the Chiefs do, but I think they have unique superstars, not necessarily unique chemistry. Yeah, but uh, exactly. I'd be a, I'd be a little surprised if they go three in a row just because of the law of averages. But I thought Baltimore had a shot, but now they've rav- they're ravaged by injury. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Bills are still dangerous, but they're probably not going to be able to play a home game in the playoffs, which makes them less dangerous. Mm-hmm. Obviously, um, but I don't. So I don't know who can beat them. So I think by process of elimination, uh, I would go with Kansas City too. Now, if Tennessee ends up as the one seed and they get Derrick Henry back, I might change my mind. There you go. And that's the wild card for me is, you know, Tennessee has weathered the storm. I mean, A.J. Brown's been out for the past three games, I think. Julio's been out for who knows how many games. I mean, He still doesn't have a TD, which I find funny since Matt Ryan got blamed for his lack of production in the red zone for 10 years. Yeah, exactly. So let's just, yeah, we can talk about that for another two hours as well. That's, yeah, that's nonsense. But anyway, I mean, Tennessee has weathered the storm. I mean, they haven't been, I mean, outside of A.J. Brown, and Julio Jones and Derrick Henry, the the cupboard is dry, and I mean, I mean, wide receivers I've never heard of on that team, to be quite honest. Yeah, me I mean, too. I mean, they brought in uh, Foreman and uh, Hilliard as at running backs recently, just to try to fill the hole because they had no one else back there. But I, I didn't mean, know why they cut Adrian Peterson. I'm not really sure either. I I, I guess it's because they they think Foreman can fill that that goal line. Um, role, which I guess Adrian was going to fill, but I guess Foreman's got a little more juice in him and a little more power at this point, um, which, maybe, you know. Maybe, but I mean, they, they weren't like they were paying Adrian Peterson a lot of money. He felt like he could have been a good mentor, at least. If he, you yeah. know, he might, maybe, maybe they parted because he refused to sit the bench. I don't know. but Maybe, but um, yeah, ten, I mean, for them to still be nine and four at this point, I think is 
kind of a testament to how tough, you know, just, you know, mentally and physically they are on a week-to-week basis. Definitely a team you don't want to see get the one seed and have to go into, especially if Henry gets back, um, especially if – I mean, I think A.J. Brown, AJ Brown's coming back any week now. I don't think it's a season-ending injury or anything like that. Um, so, yeah, Tennessee is absolutely dangerous, and I, I won't count out Buffalo either. I mean, they <laughs> – when you look at their metrics and just, you know, yeah. their, their rankings, I mean, they look like right. an elite team. I mean, they're elite. They just can't win these one-score games. I mean. This, this podcast is elite, too, and I can hear you, like, right now. But <laughs> it's going to be an interesting playback for you to see if you hear anything I said or vice versa. But so yeah, go ahead. It, I can hear you it, right now. It's weird. You perfectly. And, I mean, I don't hear any anything on my end. Okay. Um, so. That, well, that's like the whole college football discussion. I was hearing like three out of four words that you were saying. So, Man, that's that sucks because I'm in the same positions I always am that in downstairs. So, I've I've moved around, but I'm I've back conceded to my bedroom. We'll see how that goes. All um, right. Well, but yeah, the me- the metrics show Buffalo should be a lot better than seven and six. I still think they'll end up getting in the playoffs as long as Josh Allen's not hurt. Um, I mean, he may be hurt, but. <laughs> As long as he's able to play, yeah. Uh, I guess we'll find out soon. I, I don't quite know what the AFC is just crazy. I think you're right. I think you'd have to lean toward KC. But if the Chargers beat KC tomorrow night, they're going to be in the lead in the West. So KC might not be playing at home in the playoffs either. It's a big game. I mean, everyone probably forgot, but I mean, Chargers got that that first game off them. I mean, Thursday is a big game. <laughs> Yeah, so, it probably it settles it if the Chiefs win. They'll probably be up insurmountable amount. But the other, it's wide open, even for Denver if uh, Sandy if uh, L.A. wins. Yep. So it, it's gonna it's gonna be interesting because I mean if you got the Chargers at at uh, nine and five, the Chiefs at nine and five, Tennessee at nine and four, New England at nine and four. I mean, Baltimore's only a one. I mean, as as a big a mess as Baltimore has been. I mean, they're there at eight and five right now. Obviously, Lamar is hurt, and, you know, Lamar's in a slump, and their offensive line can't block anybody. So, I mean, they've got some things they need to figure out. But Which is why Lamar is hurt and why Lamar's in a slump. And, ex- exactly. And he's so, had I a mean, lot of weird illnesses this year, too, that aren't COVID, allegedly, but I don't know. Yeah, you, you never know. It is kind of weird how, how sick, you know, Lamar gets on, like, a, a biweekly basis where he has to miss two practices and, you know, be questionable for Sunday. But anyway – but, yeah, it, it's pretty crazy just how wide open it is. And, you know, I'm not going to count out a team like Buffalo either, um, considering Buffalo still has another game against New England. Am I right? Yes, next week, I think. Yeah, so, I mean, obviously they have to have that game to even have a chance to sniff at the number one seed or even the AFC East for that matter. Um, but, I mean, Tennessee, I mean, we're not uh, – yeah, they're 9-4 and four now, but, I mean, they're, I mean, they're, they're ravaged by injuries. Um, well, they need they need two more to guarantee they hold off the Colts because they go have the season sweep already. Mm-hmm. So if they can get to eleven and six, they'll take the Colts down and be the at least have a home playoff game. Yep. So yeah, the AFC is just yeah wide open, like you said. The, the NFC, I, I mean, how can you go I, against Brady? I mean, you can't. I mean, as much as I look at it and <laughs> and I want to, I mean, I can't. I mean, you've got. You've got Green Bay. You've got the way Aaron Rodgers has played this year, which has been with, phenomenal. With a toe injury of some kind. Yeah, yeah, with some kind of broken toe where, you know, getting worse and worse and worse by the week based on, you know, what I'm hearing. Um, 
Kyler Murray, you know, when he's but, been, but he's you know, so pretty... honest, Chris Collinsworth says. <laughs> yeah, of course he is. Okay, go ahead. No, uh, I was just saying, that. you know, yeah, exactly. You know, Kyler, you know, when he's been healthy, he's been, you know, pretty spectacular. Um, it looks like he's he's finally back and healthy, even though the Rams um, put one on but him D- pretty good. But D hops out for the regular season. Yep, and that's what I was going to say. Yep, Hopkins is out, so you know now you're going to lean a whole lot on you know 33 year old AJ Green and and Christian. AJ Green's still good when he runs the correct route. Yeah, he really is. <laughs> he doesn't he get, had a pretty. He get he gets no separation anymore, but he can still go up and get the ball. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah. I mean, corner fades out all day. I'll throw him up for for AJ Green if he's actually running the right route. Um, I thought so he yeah, was Eric, totally. I thought he was totally washed when he couldn't play with Burrow last year. Yeah. No. So did I. So, but he's, you know, he's got some gas. He's proved it, and now he's going to be the most important receiver on on that team. Uh, which for a little yeah, while. Yeah. Um, I don't know if they can hold off the Rams, but I mean, the Rams now have a whole COVID situation and. I, but I, I'm a little bit uh, kind of like I won't say I thought Beckham was washed, but now I'm wondering how much Beckham was trying in Cleveland because he looks a lot better in LA. So the only thing that concerns me about the Rams is their schedule. I, I mean, they they play the Seahawks this week, and the Seahawks are in a win every single game in order to even have a chance to get to the playoffs. Um, and the Seahawks have been playing better. Russell looks a lot better um, coming back from his injury. Then they've got the Vikings on the road, and the Vikings are kind of a Jekyll and Hyde team where you get on a weekly basis. But the what Vikings have to half? win that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that that Pittsburgh game was wild. Did you see? Yeah, well, bits and pieces. I saw hey, the Tigger come back. I saw the end of yeah. it. Yeah, I watched the entire second half. It was absolutely bizarre. Um, but, yeah, they got the Rams. They got the Vikings in Minnesota the following week, which Minnesota has to win. Um, then they've, they're going to Baltimore, um, fighting for the one seed. Um, the fact is they have to go on the road in the playoffs. Exactly. They have to, the fact of the matter is they're going to Baltimore face Lamar Jackson. We think assuming Lamar's back. And then the final game of the season, they've got against the 49ers and the 49ers are one of the hottest teams in the league right now. Um, so yeah, the, the, the four games, so. That's my only concern with them, which is why I kind of lean towards, you know, Tampa as far as being the favorite to get out of, you know, the NFC with the one seed. Um, and, to you know, if they have the one seed, you know, I like them to kind of roll in the playoffs just because, you know, <laughs> the players they have on their team. So, so how – yeah. So how are you discounting your Cowboys with the schedule they've got left? They might be 13-4. <laughs> and four. Mike McCarthy's out there guaranteeing wins and it's working. So, I mean – yeah, he, yeah, man, not guarantee against Washington, man. That was that was something else. But but no, in all seriousness, I mean, we we should win three of our last four. I mean, yeah, we we've got the Giants in New York. I don't want to hear any excuses. We've dropped that game in New York. Um, I've got some problems with McCarthy. Jake Fromm might be starting that game. The right things are going in New York. He might be. We better run rough shot over New York the way they've been looking the past few games. Um, then we've got I Washington. Saw, oh, real, real quick, I saw the weirdest thing come up on the bottom of the screen yesterday that I've ever seen before. Saquon Barkley said that he wants to be a giant for life. Did you see that? No, I did not. <laughs> <laughs> he said he wants to be part of bringing back the Giants from where they are right now. I just Oof. thought for a guy who's barely played a game in three years. 
it's very odd considering he hasn't had an offensive line or a quarterback the whole time he's been there. It's been even semi-confident that he's yeah. still committed to the efforts of the Giants. But anyway, go ahead. I just thought yeah. that was crazy. That is pretty crazy. Wow. Um, let me try to respond to that. I don't even yeah, think but... Giants won't say Quan to be a Giant for life. So that's... <laughs> I couldn't believe what I was reading, but go ahead. No, it's okay. Every time I look up, I feel like Devontae Booker is running better with the ball. And I know Saquon is still hampered a little bit. Um, I'm not ragging on him. I mean, I feel like if they're both at 100%, Saquon is 100% better football player than Devontae Booker is. Um, but anyway, I, I digress. Um, but, but yeah, after the Giants game, we got the, Cal- we got the, uh, the Washington football team at home. Um, I guess McCarthy is going to guarantee another win um, for that. And then we've got the Cardinals coming to town, so we'll kind of see where we're at. Um, <laughs> Does McCarthy have beef with Ron Rivera? Why is he doing this? I, I don't know. I honestly don't know. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if he thought the Thanksgiving uh, massacre was uh, was justified or if, you know. <laughs> oh, from last year? Yeah, that was uh, a – I already put, was... I put that one behind me by Christmas last year. Yeah, yeah me too. I don't even <laughs> want to think about that. My God. Um, yeah, and then we got the Cardinals that come to town and, you know, that's, that'll kind of be like our, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see where we are. Um, I'm not sure what we're going to get out of that game. And then we close at the Eagles and, you know, that could easily be a letdown game for us in, in Philly. If you've already clinched, especially. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, I don't anticipate us, you know, getting the one seed. I anticipate a slip up somewhere, uh, whether it's against, you know, Arizona or, you know, at Philly, I feel pretty confident we'll take care of business at New York and uh, at home against Washington. But we'll see. I, I, I thought we would take care of uh, the Raiders pretty easily on Thanksgiving Day as well. Well, don't the Bucks after after this week, don't they have two games with the Panthers and one with the Jets? I believe so. Yeah, they're, <laughs> they're going to be the one. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty much already handed to them. Um, I'm looking at it right now. Saints game this week. They've got Panthers, Panthers, Jets. So, pretty much just put them in. So, so they can lock up the division with a win against the Saints this week. So, presumably, they'll come up motivated for that one. Yeah, yeah. They'll, they'll then, come ready to play. Just, then it's just whether Brady decides he wants to play 17 games or not. I bet he sits for one of them. I wouldn't be surprised, too. I mean, they'll be able to handle the, the Panthers, you know, in week – I guess week but, eighteen, I should but, say. But as the most as the most vocal critic of the seventeen game season, doesn't it behoove him to, to to take a game off so he can tell Goodell his body isn't made for seventeen games? You would think so. <laughs> yeah, I think he's going to do that for a political play. Surprise! And like I said, the last game of the season. I mean, they're at home against the Panthers. I mean, they'll, they'll be fine. Well, I don't, they won't be fine. Blaine Gabbard will be checking in, but they'll, you know. Yeah, they, yeah. It, I won't, mean, it won't matter if things go badly, probably. No, it, it won't. I don't have a whole lot of faith in P.J. Walker and Cam Newton going out and out of series, um, their series <laughs> or whatever it is that they're doing right now. Yeah, Matt, Matt Rule's fast uh, getting himself out of the National Football League. It seems like. It, it, he really is. This is, a, yeah. uh, this is a terrible plan that he's got going. And I, I understand that Christian McLeod and – I want to get him the ball to kind of <laughs> to help out that offense, but my lord, it, it's it's looked bad. Yeah, well, if the Bucks are the one, 
sports. I mean, I, I don't think that they have a stadium and, you know, obviously not a weather situation that other teams can't come down there and win. But even though they went into Lambeau and won last year, if I'm the Packers, I don't want to have them. I'd rather, much rather them come up there than go down to Tampa Bay. Oh, yeah, absolutely, 100%. So, Green, Green Bay, to me, has got to be chasing that one seed, but I don't think they're – I don't see how they get it. Dallas, it probably doesn't matter. They, they've seemed to play just as well anywhere as they do at home. Mm-hmm. They've been strangely bad at home ever since they moved into that new place. They, they really have been, so I'm not really worried about it one way or the other. You know, I just want to get in, and obviously – we're pretty much chewing at this point. Yeah, if you on. don't get in, things have gone horribly wrong. But I mean, I well, guess if Dak can't, if Dak stays hurt, I don't know. Maybe you don't get in, but that seems kind of unlikely. Uh, are you surprised your owner said that Dak was in a slump? That was a little odd. A little odd after you uh, you, you pay him that money. I mean, it seems like those are the things you kind of keep to yourself, and you just <laughs> through it. Whether it's his calf that's bothering him, or or shoulder. Or, or something else going on. I, I mean, you, I, I just think it's a weird timing to say something like that when we're nine and four, pretty much have – we're going to take a little shot at how, you know, mediocre our offense looked at times. Well, I, I mean, I just think he's hurt. I don't know. I mean, if he was just playing poorly, that'd be a different thing, but I don't think he's healthy. No, I don't think he is either. I mean, you can see it. I mean, he doesn't take off nearly as he, he used to. And when you come back from an injury like he did, I guess no one ex- – you know, he keeps talking like, you know, he, he's willing to run and able to run. But, I mean, those holes that he used to run through are – he's just not doing it anymore. He's pulling up, you know, trying to look downfield a little more, which, you know, I don't blame him for. But um, it's not the same quarterback from last year or the year before, league. I should say. It's a crazy league when Dak and Zeke are both already looking old. It really is. Chris Bland asks me all the time, why isn't Tony Pollard playing more? And I tell him I have no idea that it's just because we paid him so much money. But Tony Pollard looks 10 times the running back that Zeke is right now. Well, Zeke's hurt right now, too. But, uh, I mean, some of that may be from uh, the situations he gets used in. Yeah, but... exactly. I mean, he, he was a bell cow. He was a 300, 350-carry guy for us, you know, for for years. And I mean, the fact is that last year, I mean, he still looked a, a little slow. I mean, two steps slow than what he, he used to be. He was out of shape last year. He was. He was. I'll give you that. And, you know, he, he took it upon himself to, you know, come in w- with better shape this year. Um, but, yeah, I, I mean, it's, it's not quite rounding into form the way we were all hoping. I guess we never thought the defense would be the, the unit that's been carrying us the past few weeks. Yeah. Like um, the Parsons. Yeah, uh, defensive player of the year. I mean, he, he's getting the uh, the notoriety well-deserved, in my opinion. Um, I don't know I don't know if he'll get it, obviously, but, I mean, the fact that he's in the conversation um, shows you just how far he's come since week one. I mean, he really is that dominant of a, of a guy. And now that Lawrence is back and now that Gregory's back, I mean, that makes him even more dangerous, in my opinion. Uh, my the most interesting story in the league to me heading into the playoffs. Really, the only the only thing I'm particularly interested in at the moment in the NFL is uh, what happens with Roethlisberger's final season. Um, yeah. 
he's just he's a fascinating historical player to me as a quarterback, as a person. <laughs> yeah. Everything about his career is pretty unique and uh he's uh he's chasing right now he's kind of chasing all the Philip Rivers marks from his draft class. Mm-hmm. Which I don't know if anybody's paying attention to, but he's like 40 yards behind him so he'll get that one next game. And he needs like six or seven more TDs in the last few games of the season to pass him in career touchdowns. Mm-hmm. But uh, he and Philip and Eli will all be linked together, and their stats are all nearly identical. But he's 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 clearly because of the two rings going to be the greatest of that group, no matter what happens. But he's he's running down all Philip's career records, which is kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. But but uh, yeah, it's been a heck be, of a ride. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I don't know where it's all going to end. I, yeah, I don't see how Pittsburgh, with that defense, as many injuries they have, how they can get in the playoffs over some of these other AFC teams. But don't you just feel like Ben's going to find some way to will them back there? I mean, I, I feel like it. I mean, there's always some magic left, you know, whenever you always. think he's down. Oh, every single always. time. Every single time. But, but, and you go back to the schedule again. They've got Tennessee. They've got Kansas City. They've got Baltimore and they've got Cleveland for their final four games. Um, it's going to be tough. It's it's going to have to be uh, a pretty remarkable run, which I'm not saying is impossible, but this will be one of the biggest rabbits he's pulled out of his hat if he can get Pittsburgh back to the playoffs this year. Based on what I saw against the Vikings, that's one of the worst run defensive performances I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, yeah, that was bad. I, I saw that too. And da- David Cook was coming off injury. He might not have been 100%. Yeah, exactly. He was being called a warrior after the game for playing through the injury when he averaged a, a first down every time he touched the ball. Didn't he have six carries in the first half of 15 or more yards? Yeah, yeah. Absolutely <laughs> insane. And I, I don't remember who it was that said it. It might have been – I don't know if it was Chris or Carter or someone um, that was sharing this, but apparently at one point they were averaging – the Vikings were averaging like six yards per carry – before first contact can you even <laughs> comprehend that no no i i mean that was for the first i mean obviously they got a little better in the second half i mean they, they slowed minnesota down but i mean you can't keep up that pace regardless but for two for two quarters of football to not touch a guy before he gets five yards down the field is absolutely absurd well you, you asked me about watching that game you know most people don't like thursday night football because of the quality or whatever Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't like it because of Joe and Troy. <laughs> That's why I can only take a little bit of Thursday night football. Yeah, um, it is one. It is one of the hardest things to watch. Let me tell you, they're, they're just that's an insufferable duo. I don't care. Yeah. I know he's your quarterback, but he's yeah. atrocious on air. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh no, it's okay. I agree with you one thousand percent. I'm is. not. A, I'm not even a big fan of your other quarterback that's on CBS. But Troy, <laughs> Troy's Troy's in, incomprehensibly terrible. Oh gosh, it's so true. All I can do is laugh at it. But um, yeah, I I don't know how I don't I don't even think Pittsburgh can get the playoffs, and if they do, they won't get a home game because they're not going to win the North. Mm-hmm. But I don't think, although they could still, I guess, but I don't think. But um, that what does Ben? What's Ben's next to last game? You have a schedule up, isn't that his last his home games? The next to last uh, get weekend? Yeah, season? yeah. Yeah, he's got the Browns at home, and then he finishes off in uh, Baltimore. In Baltimore. Those last two games, can you imagine the emotion? I bet bet even Ravens fans will cheer him in his final game. I mean, they should. I mean, 
They well, I don't really know if anybody should, should cheer Ben Roethlisberger, <laughs> well, well, given what we know about him. <laughs> uh, okay, okay, that's fair. We can back up, yes. <laughs> <laughs> but, but as a football player, as a quarterback. Yes, yes uh, he's on I mean, the field. <laughs> if we think Dalvin Cook's a warrior, what does that make Ben Roethlisberger? I mean, that, yeah. dude is, that dude's indestructible. Yeah, he really is. The, the beating that he has taken throughout his career – is truly one of the most remarkable things I've seen where he just gets up every single time and stays in the game and just goes on to the following week like nothing happened when you know that the guy is just broken. Yeah, I mean, and and, and now he's reinvented himself as the Matt Canada quick-release quarterback. <laughs> I mean, I, you, this dude can play any way. He still throws the deep ball down the sideline at more than any other quarterback in the league by percentage. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you see Deontay Johnson and Chase Claypool bringing them down every week. We had, I mean, we had a discussion, um, not we, not you and I, but I mean, it was discussed in the league after his first two or three years about even with his, with his frame that he actually wasn't really a hard thrower and stuff. So then he reinvented himself as like the biggest arm in the league all of a sudden <laughs> out of nowhere. I mean, he, he's like, he's been every type of quarterback. He's been a scrambler. He's been he has been a statue <laughs> and he still wins. It's like it's him and Tomlin, man. They're just I mean, if, and if Cowher were still there, it'd be the same in Pittsburgh. But man, you just hear Tomlin, even after the games they lose, I'd go play for Tomlin. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, Ben Ben and Tomlin. I mean, that's like and and I'd say the same thing about John Harbaugh, who I love too as a head coach, but in Flacco mm-hmm. for that matter. But like that that Raven Steelers rivalry in the AFC North, the way those two teams have played in that division for 20 years, I'm mm-hmm. just glad we got to see it. Yeah, yeah, me too. It's going to be a fun finale. Uh, you know, assuming the Steelers don't make the playoffs, it'll be a, a fun way for Ben to go out. Yeah, I mean, they may still make the playoffs, but just, I mean, the the way he, he – I, I did watch the game when they beat uh, Baltimore and Pittsburgh a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. I mean, he had no business pulling that game out. None. No. He had like 60 yards passing in three quarters. Yep. And then just and then absolutely he, just. And a perfect passer rating in the fourth. Yep. Just turned it on when he absolutely had to and was just literally perfect, like you said. It had to be perfect. And they still needed, I mean, they still needed a great play and a somewhat lucky break that Lamar couldn't get that ball to Andrews to force OT, or mm-hmm. I mean, to take the lead to win the game. Mm-hmm. But um, then the, he didn't choose to go to overtime, is what I mean. But uh, yeah, the 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 farewell in Pittsburgh, and then the send off in Baltimore, and then if he does get in the playoffs, man, that's gonna be. I'm I, I don't I mean he may not retire, but I think you will. I think the reports were accurate. And, yeah, uh, I, I, I feel like he will. I'd almost rather him just come out and say he's gonna do it, so he'll get honored properly, because he yeah. uh, he deserves it as a football player. He really does, but I have a feeling he's not the kind of guy that's ever gonna do that. No, he may – I mean, he may want to give it a few weeks after the season, see how his body feels and all that like Breeze did. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, we knew last year it was probably the Breeze farewell. Uh, the the Phillip Rivers one kind of came surprisingly. I'd like to have seen him have a better uh, ovation and appreciation for how great he was. But I think Drew got the send-off he deserved in New Orleans. I think Ben's going to get one in Pittsburgh too. Yeah, I but, think so. Uh, but you want to talk about legend. I, somebody – Skip Bayless or somebody was arguing he was a top 10 quarterback ever, and that seemed kind of crazy to me. And then I went and looked at his numbers, and maybe he is. Mm-hmm. I think he's he's uh, fifth all-time in wins. He's going to finish fifth all, 
fifth all-time in passing yards. He's going to finish sixth all-time in touchdowns. I mean, that's uh, – and he won 13 playoff games and two Super Bowls. So yeah. I mean, he maybe yeah, I was about to say. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to argue, especially when you got the two rings to back up those stats. One of them, he uh, threw a game-winning touchdown with 30 seconds left, one of the sweetest throws I've ever seen. What? Yeah, the, the, the catch, I mean, the catch too, but the, the throw, I mean, I'll never forget that play. I mean, it really is one of those plays that will live on forever because it was magical. You know how great that play was? John Madden went home and said he had enough. <laughs> he was content with his career after he, after he did that game. <laughs> That's me. Enough said. Yep. Um. Oh, real quick while we're while we're talking about announcers and Madden, uh, uh, I guess you've heard too that Al Michaels is probably going to go to Amazon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, Michelle's out at uh, Michelle Tafoy is out at NBC now too, maybe under some controversial uh, uh, situation, <laughs> controversial I, I, comments, I guess you'd say. Yeah, I, I read that she. I read the other day that she might be out, but I didn't get any of the um, the background behind it. Well, she she went on the View and uh, as the conservative talking point, and shared some Trumpist statements on the View that I don't think NBC was pleased with. Mm, gotcha. So okay. The, the spec the speculation is that uh, NBC is forcing her out, but of course they've they're parting ways amicably, and she's saying that she's uh wanted to step back from it, but she's been uh she's been on hiatus for three weeks now. And uh, with Catherine Tappen doing the sideline reporting, it's a little bit curious that when the season only lasts 18 weeks, that you give someone a three-week vacation. That is fair. <laughs> so uh, she's coming back for the playoffs. She'll get a farewell, too, because NBC's got the Super Bowl this year. That's true. But, and so will Al. But uh, that, that – I mean, Collinsworth is kind of annoying at times, but I think he's excellent at knowing the game. But that yeah, Sunday night, sure. the, the production – that uh, Goodelli and them have done for years. That telecast has been flawless. So it's going to be hard. It's going to be hard to replace Al and Michelle Tafoya. Yeah, it really will be. It'll it'll feel weird. It'll look weird. Yeah, I mean, I think so too. Uh, Tariko will probably step in and do the play by play. Yeah. Uh, they just re up Collinsworth contracts. And Drew Brees won't be replacing him anytime soon. <laughs> uh, but uh, and I guess maybe they're grooming Captain Tapp, and she's given she's given up the hockey now that they lost the contract. So mm-hmm. um, I guess she's going to be the new sideline reporter, and they'll still be good. But uh, she's she's about as good as anybody at that job. And Al to me is the best play-by-play guy ever. Yeah, yeah, it really is hard to get on that level, and uh, it'll be an adjustment. Not like you said, not to say they're not going to do a good job, but it'll just be different. I guess is the best word. And I'll have to remember my Amazon Prime password to be able to watch on Thursday nights, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, Luckily, uh, Hillary orders so much stuff through Amazon these days that it's pretty much just we just fire it up immediately. You don't forget? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, we can get rid of Joe and Troy on Thursday nights anyway. That's what I was getting at. With all oh, God. You know, <laughs> we shouldn't be so lucky. <laughs> no. Oh, I, one, one other uh, football TV question I was going to have for you. We're talking about the Cowboys. How was that? And I, I mean, I wasn't excited about it. How did more people watch that Cowboys Raiders game than like any game regular season game in the last fifteen years or something? Did you see that? I, 
Yeah, I did. I, I don't have an answer for you. I have I no idea. Dumbfounded. <laughs> I went outside and was like playing around the yard. I had no interest in watching that game at all until it got close no. to the end. I, I had no interest in watching that game. <laughs> As a lifelong Cowboys fan. Yeah, exactly. I, I mean, I was – no, I, I was ready to go do so many other things when I saw how that game was going to go. Um, but, no, I, I have absolutely no reasoning or logic behind why that was the case. I mean, I know the Cowboys are still a brand when they're good, but they're not real good, and the Raiders aren't good at all. So No. <laughs> I don't quite understand what there was to see there that was no, just it, that exciting. Yeah, it it doesn't make any sense besides the fact that more people than normal just could not stand their families during that time. Maybe so. And just had to get away. I I bet the Bears-Lions ratings were about as bad as you'll ever get for Thanksgiving, given the quality of those two teams. I I didn't watch a single day. Yeah, I didn't watch a single down just because I I knew what was going to happen. I did watch some of it because it was right after I ate, and I was just sitting there (laughs) recovering from the turkey. But Joe and Troy were just, like, so annoyed that they were there. They were just making (laughs) jokes about the quality of the two teams the entire time, like snickering about how terrible the game was. They wished they were somewhere else. That sounds about right. Yeah, it didn't didn't make it any better, what we were watching. They certainly weren't trying to keep the viewers tuned in, but it was kind of bizarre. I just didn't understand what happened in that Cowboys-Raiders game other than it turned out to be a good game. Yeah, it turned out to be pretty exciting at the end, but I mean, throughout the game, yeah, there was there was no reason to turn that game on. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, uh, before we go, uh, I want to mention Demarius Thomas passing away because I was uh, I was watching TV, I was watching Sports Center after that Vikings Pittsburgh game, and it came up on the screen, and I was freaking stunned. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, that's that's the guy that I've of course been familiar with because of Middle Georgia since he was in high school. And I've never met him. I don't know him, um, anything like that. But, you know, I, I I know people at his high school that he went to, some of his co- so, same people that coached him. Mm-hmm. And I just felt awful for – I know how big he is. He was at West Lawrence. I and mean, they had his – they had a big picture of him outside the stadium or, like, at, at the end of the end zone, I guess. They had a big, a big enormous life-size picture of, of their cutout of him um, on the – on their not on the scoreboard but on a big football sign they have Mm -hmm. and it's just uh that was i mean that's just heartbreaking yeah i mean it i mean it rocked the nfl world for sure but i mean it rocked the entire state of georgia more than anyone else i mean even as georgia fans i mean we all knew who dt was i mean we we saw dt play and we knew how good of a player he was but down Um, here he's baby yeah he's baby down here absolutely (laughs) been baby in middle georgia the whole time i've ever known yep absolutely so um yeah i I mean it really was heartbreaking and shocking to see um and like peyton said i think peyton said it the best i mean and you know peyton's obviously a great judge of character and you know football acumen but when peyton says that he was a better person than he was a football player that kind of says it all you need to know right there i mean everything i hear about about Demarius was, you know, a locker room guy, you know, always said the right things, always did the right things, was always charitable, was always giving, was always there for his teammates, was always there for his coaches, um, was there for his family. So, yeah, that that makes it even harder, you know, when, when the person is, you know, as great or even better a player or better than he was as a player, because he was a fantastic player, um, obviously. And, 
Yeah, it, it, it's shocking to see because uh, obviously, you know, he's right around our age. I mean, hell, we're even older than him. Yeah. Um, he's 33. Um, so I'm 36. And you're 38 now? No, 37. 37? When do you turn 38? March? May. 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 I'm sorry, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're, all, you're only about a year younger than me. It's slightly more than a year. I don't know why I feel like you've got like two years on me. I do but... in grades. I'm two... <laughs> I'm two years older than you in graduation year, but not there you, age. There you go. But, but yeah, uh, just getting back to, you know, Demarius. Yeah, it, it was shocking. And um, it, you hope it wasn't the result of, you know, him playing football. He, he, obviously, you know, the family was reporting that he's having seizures, you know, f- for a while. Um, hopefully it had nothing to do with, you know, CTE or anything like that. Well, well they thought it was from that car wreck he had two years ago. Did you see that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I did actually. I mean, he played another NFL season after that, so I don't understand yeah. that. But a yeah, lot of, so I, I didn't understand any of it, to be honest with you. But um, yeah, I just, uh, I mean, for something that somebody for somebody that's that physically fit, and you know, it's just tragic. I mean, somebody like somebody out of shape like me died, that'd be tragic too. But you'd be like, oh, mm-hmm. okay, I understand that. But how? I mean, somebody who was a uh, you know, elite wide receiver probably had one of the elite physiques in the league even to have something like that happen at 33 is just unbelievable yeah I mean it really is and, and the fact is he had just retired I, I mean he wasn't officially retired until like now yeah um, right before the season yeah I mean he, he wasn't that far removed from you know playing with it was the Jets right for, for a season yeah and short stint with the Patriots too I think yeah yeah you're right so, I mean, the fact of the matter is, I mean, it, it was still, you know, in league circles. I mean, people knew about him. I mean, he wasn't this forgotten person that's been, you know, away from the NFL for, you know, a decade or whatever the case may be. Um, but, well, yeah. He, just He was still a top ten receiver five years ago. Yeah. And, and I mean, and I was going to say it, that everyone forgets, you know, just how good he was not that long ago. I mean, you look at that four or five-year stretch – um, I think he's one of – I read this. I think he's one of only three players. I think it's Jerry Rice and Marvin Harrison yeah. who had three straight years of 1,400 yards and 10 touchdowns. Uh, I mean, that's that's pretty remarkable. I mean, that's impressive. Yeah, the four Peyton Manning seasons. Yeah. So that just goes to show you, you know, his talent, you know, especially when you put, you know, you know someone like, you know, Peyton, I mean, at the quarterback position – um, obviously, you know, the best quarterback he ever had. Um, well, I'll, well, I'll give you, I'll give you some stats too, similar to the ones you just gave me of the, just to put it, to put his perspective where he is as far as players from, uh, from Georgia. If you went of a high school football player from Georgia, there are only four people who have more yard career yards than him. Heinz Ward, Calvin Johnson, Shannon Sharp, and Drew Hill. Wow. He's fifth. Okay. Of receivers who played in the ACC, as far as their NFL careers, he's fifth in yards to Anquan Bolden, Torrey Holt, Calvin Johnson, and DeAndre Hopkins. <laughs> Those are big so, names. Right. So he's one of the all-time greats among Georgia high school players. He's one of the all-time greats among ACC players. He's one of the all-time greats among Broncos. I looked up where he is on the career touchdown uh, mark for Denver. He's third behind Rod Smith and Terrell Davis. Mm-hmm. They've scored t- TDs in a uh, Broncos uniform. 
So he's the second all-time leading receiver to Rod Smith, or maybe third. I guess third in catches to Shannon, but to Shannon, Rod yeah. Smith. Mm-hmm. But uh, in yardage, I think he's behind only Rod Smith. So, I mean, you're talking about a guy who's elite as a Georgia performer. I, I would argue he's the greatest middle Georgia athlete ever to play in the NFL. I yeah. mean, the only one, the only argument you can be made is Herschel Walker, and he played in the USFL better than he played in the NFL. So mm-hmm. that's a hard comparison to be made. Yep. But, no, you're right. I mean, just his his I mean his tools. He was kind of. I mean, I'm not going to say he like set the the prototype for what the receivers would become, but I mean, oh, he, was, he epitomized it. He, he absolutely did. He absolutely did, and uh, I think he's he's kind of. I'm not saying underrated. I, I think people understand how good he was, but I feel like he doesn't come up come up in conversation as you know one of the. And I'm not going to put him as an all time great. I'm not saying he's in the top ten or even top twenty. Uh, receivers of all time but nobody might be in the top 50 that's pretty high standard yeah and that's what I was going to say I mean when you start really going through the list I think when you get to the the 50s and 60s I think you start getting to people like Demarius and that's a that's that's an accomplishment all on its own no I mean out of everybody who played the game that's uh that's a pretty high place to be but he I mean, you could argue that the walk-off TD against Pittsburgh was one of the ten greatest plays in the history of the NFL. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, in my in my book, it is. I mean, just the you know the just the scenario around everything, you know, with, with Tebow and you know Tebow three sixteen, yeah, <laughs> whatever it was. Exactly. I mean, assuming everyone thinking there's no way they're going to find a way to win this game, the fact that they got to overtime is a miracle enough. Um, and then, you know, that, that throw that'll just, you know, live on forever. Well, I think the uh, – I think if you – the four for 204 yards or whatever he did in that game, I think it's the highest per catch or yards per catch average in a playoff game, I'm pretty sure. Gee, was it really – caught more than two passes or something God. like that. Was it really only four catches? That's crazy. It was four for 204 and a TD. Good Lord. But I mean, that last one was, what, 80? It was 80, yeah. Yeah, and I, he ran further than I remembered. I was thinking the ball got aired out a little bit more when I saw the highlight. He had to run like fifty-five of the eighty. Yeah, I was gonna say it could have been more than a a fifteen-yard route. Yeah, it was about it was a little it. over a little over twenty, I think. It was like twenty-one or twenty-two. Okay, that was a little further than I thought. To be honest, I knew I it was think, fairly I, short. Yeah, I think it was over twenty, but I was thinking it was more like thirty-five or something. I I was thinking the opposite of you. I was thinking it was longer. Uh, yeah. No, I, I just remember uh, yeah, Demarius kind of kind of splitting the safeties and kind of just running away from it. But it, it was it was it was pretty cool to watch live because when he caught it, I thought, all right, well, you know, this is going to be just a regular 15, 20 yard gain. And yeah. then he just turned on the jets and just, you know, went straight up the middle of the field. I just remember he did it to LeBeau, LeBeau's defense with Clark and Polamalu out there. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's why you just assume that, you know, there was no way that was going to be extended for, you know, more than, you know, what it already was. Actually, I think I'm lying. I think Clark, didn't Clark have to miss that game because of his uh, health condition? Uh, oh, in yeah, you're right. Uh, yeah. He had anemia or something. Yeah, it, the, the the sickle cell trait. Sickle cell, yeah, sickle cell trait. So yeah. maybe he wasn't out there. But Paul Molly was out there chasing him. Mm-hmm. He, beat, he beat Swaggin, though, on that route. Oh, wow, I couldn't have pulled that out. Uh, yeah, well, I saw the replay the other day. 
Okay. I didn't know that either, but it was Ike Taylor chasing him. I just wanted to say swagging on our podcast. <laughs> that's fair. So we, for people who don't know, that's how Ike Taylor introduced himself on Sunday Night Football for a decade. It's true. <laughs> he went to Swaggin University or whatever it was. Yep. I'm still looking for Swaggin University. I am too. Travis Hunter <laughs> Travis Hunter was probably recruited by Swaggin University. Probably. Probably. I think it was one of the hats that he threw off the uh, the table when he was uh... – <laughs> I didn't. I didn't see it, but I, I read that that was what he did. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was pretty funny to watch. All right. Uh, the last thing I want to talk about is uh, Tiger Woods coming back on uh, on on what Friday? Is that when that thing starts? Yeah, I, b- I believe so. Um, are you excited to see Tiger play at all, even if it's in a uh, reduced state? It, it it's tough. I I mean. I kind of want to see Tiger when he's just ready to come back and compete at the highest level. Yeah, Tiger, Tiger's not a football player. I didn't segue that one very well. Tiger, Tiger Woods <laughs> plays golf, for those anybody who doesn't know that in all of the world. But go ahead. I'm just kidding. Yeah, I mean, I only know Tiger one way, and that's Tiger in that, that mode where he's just all the way back and competing for, for major championships. And I feel like a tournament like this is just kind of a – not like a send off, not like a, you know, see you later, Tiger. This is the last time we're going to see you on a golf course. Um, but I kind of wish I was seeing him in a real tournament against real PGA players. Not to say this isn't a cool thing. I'm, I'm, I'm happy that he's, you know, alive, first of all. Um, second of all, I'm glad he's got both legs. Mm-hmm. And, and third of all, I'm glad that he can actually swing a golf club, you know, and put the, the, the torque on his body. Not that he's swinging full force or anything. Well, we're going to uh, see. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the three-second clip of him uh, swinging a golf club, um, you know, whether that was at his house or wherever, I don't know where the, where the video was taken. Um, it was cool to see, and I, I hope we, this isn't the only time that we see him. Um, I really hope we see him play a few majors in the future when he's back and that this isn't just a you know, tournament just to say, you know, hey, I'm here. I'm here with Charlie just to do this thing and show everybody that, you know, I can play, but I'm not, I don't have any plans to play. But I don't think that's the Tiger that we've all come to know and that we've seen throughout the years. Tiger says he's changed um, and that this has kind of brought everything into focus. But I still feel like we're going to see one more not climb up the mountain per se, but I think we're going to see him compete again. Um, as far as what competing means um, these days for Tiger to be seen. But I, I hope we see him in a real PGA tournament, you know, within the next, you know, year or two. Uh, we're going we're gonna to see him. <laughs> I think uh, – uh, I mean, I think he's doing this for Charlie and uh, yeah. maybe, to, like you said, to show the world that he's on the way back or whatever. But uh, if he if he came out in that press conference and he said that he's going to play three or four times a year, uh, he's going to play more than three or four times a year. He'll get the itch. I mean, you aren't as good as he is without wanting to compete. Exactly. He, he, if he can physically do it, he'll do it. Um, I will say this. Um, I, I read a lot of books. I've got a stack of them right here by my bed that I haven't read that I want to um, that I own. There's some people I don't trust what they say. Therefore, I won't read the book. Like uh, mm-hmm. Scotty Pippen's got one out right now. I've heard him say all kinds of crazy stuff, so I'm not going to buy his book <laughs> just to see if he can sell a book. So mm-hmm. I don't believe that I say that because Tiger Woods is one of those people. I don't believe a word that comes out of his mouth ever. 
Mm-hmm. So nothing that he stands in front of reporters and says do I believe. So it doesn't really matter what he tells me. I know him from what I've seen of him for years and years, and I know that he wants to compete so hard that there's no chance that he's not going to give golf another go. And it will be it'll be a lot sooner than you think too. Yeah, it, it seems shocking, you know, when you when you hear him say that, you know, this isn't going to be the next mountain that he climbs that he's already done it once or twice or you know, you, no, you can define. You can define what a mountain is, you, you know. You know, you know how many wins he has. <laughs> you know yeah, what the record is. You know, yeah, many, you, know, you know what one would do. To, I mean, come on, it, it, come exactly, on. exactly. He's not so, going to catch Nicholas in majors, but you better believe he's going to try to get that Sneed mark. If all he has yeah. to do is win one more golf tournament, he's going to do it. Exactly, exactly. So uh, it, it's hard for me to believe it, like you said. I mean, I'm going to have to. I'm going to have to see that he doesn't have that fire to, to climb that mountain one, one last time, to get one last win, to get one last major, uh, to prove to everybody one last time that. I don't you know, know if he, he's going to get one last major. He's going to try. He's going to try. I don't know if he's going to do that. Yeah, I, I'll put nothing past him. I mean. No, I wouldn't either, but. I'll put, put absolutely nothing past him. Um, I might say, put Colin Morikawa past him, though. Yeah, yeah, I would, I would too. <laughs> John Rom, I, I might put him past him. Justin Thomas, I mean, yeah, yeah, it's going to be the hardest climb of his life in order to compete with the guys on the tour right now. Um, but I hope we see it, you know, just because you know it's Tiger. I mean, that's all you really have to see at the at the end of the day is that it's Tiger, and you hope he makes it one last time, and you know can give these guys a run for the money, you know, one last time, maybe get you know one, two wins, and call it a career and. And and then we'll have another podcast, you know, that'll last who knows how long about Tiger Woods and and what he's done for the game. Yeah, I don't I don't think you'll call it a career though. I think I think you'll see. I think this was the in a sad way, this is the best thing that ever happened to the Champions Tour. I think you'll see him out there now. You think so? Yeah, I think. I mean, I don't think he's going to be able to play at an elite level on the regular tour, but he can card out on the Champions Tour. Uh, that's true. I I don't know why it. I don't know why I just never imagined him out on that tour. I didn't either, but I didn't imagine him wrecking again for the second time. (laughs) I didn't know what physical condition he's going to be in, but he can still compete against his peers and win golf tournaments. You know he's not going to be playing on any tour he can't win on. Yeah. And he's not one to take his clubs and go home either because what kind of hobbies does he have? We don't know of any. That's true. I I don't know what Tiger does in his spare time. He does things that aren't good for him. Yeah, I, <laughs> I do know what he does in his spare time. We both know what his hobbies are. We, we can't talk we, about him on this podcast. No, 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 we what, cannot. He needs to be playing golf. He needs to be out there with his buddies. I mean, yes. I, I think that's. I think he's going to end up doing that, whether that's what he wants or not. Now, I want you to read something. I'm going to give you a. I'm going to give you an assignment because we need to talk right. about this later before Tiger actually does try to do a comeback. If you haven't seen this, Michael Rosenberg interviewed Casey Martin. About mm-hmm. his leg situation yesterday, or I don't know what he interviewed him, maybe two weeks ago. But anyway, he ran the article yesterday on sportsillustrated.com. Casey Martin thinks because it's Tiger's right leg, and that was his injured leg, he says that even before, right before he had it amputated earlier this year, that for 20 years or so, he was still hitting at 280 off the tee with no push from his right leg. He thinks really? Tiger could still do that. Really? And he said that the he said he's never had any trouble with his leg as far as hitting short irons and stuff like that. And he said Tiger's already the best in the world at doing that. It's not going to affect that at all. 
He said the only thing it was going to affect is going to be the driver. And he said if he can get where he can push off that left leg and not try to swing wildly like he used to, but have a steady base with what he has, he thinks he could still put it out there 280, 290, and every now and then pump one even harder if he needed to. And he thinks Tiger's going to come all the way back. <laughs> You're right. I do need to. I do need to check this out. Well, I mean, he 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 thinks that. And the thing that fascinated me was he. Uh, uh, I want to say Michael Bamberg. That's not who wrote. It. Michael Rosenberg broke the news to him that he uh, that Tiger was going to be using a cart this week. And you better believe what Casey <laughs> Martin thought about that. Oh After yeah. Tiger came out and didn't didn't back up his college teammate wanting the cart. For a degenerative <laughs> leg condition, y'all, anybody listening can li- read up on that. But 20 years yeah. ago, a guy couldn't play on the tour without a cart and had to hobble around because Tiger and some other purists didn't mm-hmm. think he should be driving a cart. So Casey said he was going to make sure to text Tiger <laughs> before he plays on Saturday when he sees him in a golf cart. But uh, no, apparently there, Tiger texted him before he went in for his uh, amputation earlier this year. Um, he fell for, you know, long story. But anyway, he ended uh, up finally getting losing the leg. But uh but anyway, he and Tiger are still friends. But uh he uh he, he has been watching Tiger play golf since they were playing junior golf at California. Yeah. And uh Casey Martin thinks there's gonna be a to come back and he doesn't believe for one second he's only gonna play three or four times a year. And I don't either. But I mean hearing that from somebody who knows him and knows the condition that his leg's in um, I think you're going to see him back. I don't think he's going to play full-time golf ever again, but I also think he's like, if he was comparing himself to Hogan, he also knows Hogan played six times in 1945 and won five of them. Mm-hmm. Or, I'm sorry, 1953 and won five of them. So uh, that's what he has in mind. Yeah, I, I don't doubt it for a second. I, I'm Like you said, I'm not a buyer in this whole, you know, I'm not going to climb the mountain. I'm not going to try this full force one last time um, because I'm I'm okay with where I am in life. And, yeah. No, he's um, not. Yeah, I, I, I just – He's full of it, crap like he always has been. Yeah, it's not the Tiger we know, not the Tiger we've seen throughout our lives. And he, he would have to – he would have to actually do that for me to believe it. I'd have to see it first, and I'd be shocked if that's what we saw. You see, uh, you see Phil's uh, tweet when he saw Tiger swinging that club about how uh, T- Tiger was just mad that I, I'm the oldest major champion now, and he's setting out <laughs> to take down my one record I have or something like that. Yes. Yeah. I I would. It wouldn't surprise me if you saw Tiger win a major at 51 or 52 or something like that. No. No. But it's not. Like... That's not going to be easy. What would be easy is if he came back healthy, he can win one more golf tournament. Oh yeah, no winning his player. He can win one just a, a semi healthy Tiger Woods can win one more PGA tour event. Yeah. No, I agree completely. That should be the first goal. Mm-hmm. And then if he wants to build from there and think he can get one more major, fine. I don't think he's getting more than one major, but he might could get one more. As crazy as that sounds. That would that yeah. would put the two thousand nineteen Masters to shame if he won another one. No, I was about to say, where would that put it? I mean, it seems like that ever. was gonna yeah, I mean, it's, it, I didn't think I could possibly see something greater than what I saw back in 19. No, I mean, well, I don't know. You and me, or I don't know if you did, but I thought he could win more after he won that one. I mean, I thought he could. I mean, but I, I just thought that all the all the energy, you know, everything that just consumed him went into those four days. 
I don't know if he would have ever gotten back to that point for, you know, for four straight days to bring down another major. Um, So, I mean, you just never know. I mean, he's just a different human being, obviously. Yeah. Well, it's going to be, I don't know when we'll see him after this, but I think this is the, the first step. I don't, I don't know if it'll be Augusta. I don't know. You know, I don't, I think if he could play the masters, he'll try. Yeah, I, I think so. I, I would be shocked if he played the Masters, to be quite honest, you know, based on everything well, that I've gonna, heard. I think we're going to know after this week. We'll see what he looks like. I mean, the, the Casey Martin was saying the walking part will be tougher than playing golf. Mm-hmm. He thinks if Tiger could ride a card, it'd be easy for him. I kind of agree with that. Walking the hills of Augusta will be the tough part. Yeah, no, I agree 100%. I mean, I, I have no doubt that Tiger can stand still for, you know, 72 shots or whatever it is to uh, to swing a golf club and, you know, come back the next day and do it again. But, yeah, um, you know, walking around for four hours is a different story. Well, it's, uh, it'll give us something to uh, talk about next year during golf season, I guess. If yeah, it's not sure. already enough to talk about on the PGA Tour. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Uh, any anything else you want to touch on before we uh, end our really long end of the year podcast? I do think uh, you you and I have done a good job over the last few years when I was at the newspaper coming up with our games of the year and stuff. I think we need to do that for the first one of the new year. Yeah, I think that's a good idea. It's a good idea because I always enjoyed uh, doing a little bit of research, especially on games that I had forgotten about. And then yeah. I, I read about for a few minutes. I'm like, oh, yeah, I do remember how great that was. So, yeah, yeah, we had a lot idea. of – We've had a lot of awesome ones this this year, so I think that'd be a fun uh, fun topic. Yeah, and it's gonna no, I, it's gonna be hard to knock UCLA Gonzaga off the top of the list. I, I have no idea how it's not going to be the top, but I, I'll I'll look into it as well, and uh, I'll, I'll give you my feedback. I mean, our personal list: Game Six in Houston of the World Series wasn't too bad, but you know, no, yeah, yeah, absolutely, but. <laughs> But uh, yeah, for a for a real list, I think that'll be a hard one to top. But yeah, we might come up with something. Yeah, Phil, no, Phil I like it. won a major at fifty. That was pretty good. Yeah, that'll be in the top ten for sure. Yep. All right. Well, we will reconvene after I visit your state for the first time since this summer, and uh, uh, somehow uh, make it down to South Florida, <laughs> and hopefully come back intact. All right, sounds good. I'll be I'll be rooting for you. Let me know if uh, you end up needing that place to stay. All right. Well, we'll either uh, we'll either be headed to a national championship game, or we can talk about uh, Michigan getting a chance to play for a championship. <laughs> but it'll be it'll be more a lot more fun for the Sugar from the Sky podcast if Georgia's going to play a national title game. So it, it um, would be, it and then I be. can fulfill up my dream of doing this podcast from Hinkle Fieldhouse or something. So we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, it sounds like it's meant to be, if you ask me. (laughs) All right, how about this? If Georgia loses, we'll do it quickly after I return home. If they win, we'll just wait it out to the weekend. I'll call you from Indy. How's that? All right, all right, deal. All right, talk to you later, man. Have a good holiday. All right, you do the same. Bye.